Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Previously on Lonely Boys... You have to help me destroy Chuck Bass. All right, I'll take that as my cue to leave. Oh, you're very perceptive. Yeah, wait. <laughs> if you're having a problem with Chuck, then a man's perspective would be helpful. You know, just because you two are making a doomed attempt to being friends doesn't mean I have to play the enabler. Blair, come on. Well, if you're plotting against Chuck Bass, then I'm sure it could be something of help. Fine, I have an itch that only Chuck can scratch, if you know what I'm saying, Dan. And he won't oblige unless I tell him that I love him. You need help getting Chuck to sleep with you? Really? Yes, what the fuck did I just say? Jerry, do you see how judgmental he always is? Guy, why do you want me to be friends with him? Blair, come on! Yeah, I'm, I'm at it. You guys make me nauseous. I'm out of here. Fuck you both. I hate I hate this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get Chuck right. myself. I don't need you guys Serena, to scratch Serena, come here. Oh, wow. Hey, Upper East Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys Podcast. My name is Matt, one of your titular Lonely Boys. I'm here to break down Season 2, Episode 9, There Might Be Blood. But I'm not here by myself. I am here with someone who, as long as he has his Harry Potter book and a bowl of ice cream, mm. he's happy as a clam. Brendan Ruppel, That how sounds delicious. Hey, I am, of course, the Creepy Uncle Club Podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, Dilly Hoda Cream Nation. I'm recording live from the Creamatorium. Uh, last to unpack there, um, mostly because I had just been finishing up a month of editing Happy Boys episodes, and you said, hello, Upper East Siders, and we had talked quite a bit about East Siders in that month, this little bit of a crust promotion here off the bat. Um, and Ice Cream and Harry Potter, it sounds like my, uh, 2020 summer. Hello, Down East Siders. More yeah. like it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So you have your Harry Potter book, your bowl of ice cream. It's more like the uh, the ice creamatorium this week, am I right? Wow. And I, I'm just coming up with these off the dome right now. This is really Yeah, it sounds like this whole uh, five minutes up top is scripted in, yeah. in a way. But Listen, we, we, we have, of course, another guest. And let's introduce her because uh, I've been getting some complaints recently about how long these podcasts are. So let's, I mean, I'd really? love to banter with you some By, more, like, but one we person really got to get into it. Yeah, all of these complaints are from one person. Okay. But, and. Uh, we will not uh, mention who it is, but you can uh, probably guess who it is yeah. uh, based on who is always complaining about how long these episodes are. So let's just get into introducing the guest here. She is someone I am very excited. She's here. Uh, a couple weeks ago on this very podcast, I described her as one of my three favorite people. So please welcome Gia Worthy. Gia, how are you? Oh my God, what are your three favorite people? 
<laughs> and I didn't make the cut. <laughs> no, of course I not. Am, I am honored. So thank you so much. Um, and thank you for having me on the podcast. Yes, I'm of so course. excited. Can you return the favor? Yes. Are you? Is he also in your top three? Uh, no, no pressure on that. You do not have to return the favor. Uh, Na- Naomi was on was on the podcast a few weeks ago, and she plugged the podcast that you and her and Nicole are on. And I said, "Oh, my three favorite people, all on one podcast." So that's a uh, that's yes. the context for that. I have never well, listened you. to I've never listened to the podcast. Fa- you're definitely one of my favorite Twitter accounts of all oh, time. Yeah. Like, that's that's all I need. That's pretty good. Following you, they should. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I need Some to people, hear. I don't. You like finding people with. Uh, just very refined reality TV opinions is just such such a rare gem to find. So very <laughs> excited. Yes, and that's how I felt when I found you on Twitter as well. So mu- mutual respect for both of our Twitter games here. And I, I think I'd rather someone tell me that I'm one of their favorite Twitter followers yeah. that, more so than I'm one of their favorite people. Honestly, I don't know if I can back that up. I, I kind of wish you had two separate accounts, one where I could enjoy the non-Survivor tweets because most of them are. I have to like filter through to find the ones I understand. I've considered that, but I, it's just too much work having more than one Twitter. So, Brendan, I think you could just mute the hashtag Survivor because they're all coming oh. with the hashtag Survivor at the end. Oh, that would be good. I didn't know I could do that. I'm mute not really hashtag Survivor. Mute hashtag BBCan10. Mute hashtag Survivor AU. <laughs> These are all good tips. Mute, mute hashtag BB24. That's probably coming sure. up soon. I mean, just any any show you don't care about, just mute the hashtag. Sometimes, once in a while, they're kind of funny, and I, I even know I understand them. Like, haha. <laughs> that's well, how i laugh also I by the way when we laugh i say Haha. i want to like or retweet every time you say haha <laughs> okay so that i know which ones are sure, playing sure. well with the uh with the non-reality TV you got audience all right well um gia very happy to have you here um i we will start this conversation off with how, how i start off with all of our guests here and uh i usually ask what your gossip girl story is but i believe this is your first episode of gossip girl am i correct in that Yes, this is my first episode ever of Gossip Girl. Uh, it was a wild ride. Right? Mm-hmm. There was is. a lot to process in one sitting. But, I mean, it was a fun... I feel, I'm feel i excited that this was my first episode because it was a very fun one to get into. And I know a bunch of people that have either read the books or have watched the show, the original show. So uh, my opinions on Gossip on Gossip Girl are based entirely on uh, like secondhand opinions or uh, internet interactions where we get like funny clips from some of those videos or some of the yes. episodes in the show. So uh, very secondhand knowledge of it. Yes. So that's great. So you're definitely aware of the existence of the Gossip Girl show and <laughs> uh, new people who watched it. But for you, I guess you were just you were just too above it all. You didn't want to get into it. It just wasn't in, I've always been a reality TV, like the competition shows type person, and then a few scripted shows in between. Gossip Girl just didn't catch my interest when the show was originally on, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But there was a, I I feel like I didn't watch a lot of those shows at that time that were really popular with my age group, and of which Gossip Girl was definitely one of them. So this just never really been my type of show but i will always try something new for a podcast so all for it that's the attitude we love here (laughs) yeah i mean i i wasn't into it when it was uh first on as well as as the eagle-eared listeners of this podcast know i didn't get into it till my grad school year of college when all of my friends forced me to watch and then i just fell in love and you know five years later i had a podcast so that that's (laughs) that's the end of that story the rest is history (laughs) sounds like Um, quite the success story it really is. They're probably going to make a biopic about me uh, any day now. <laughs> the climax is having a podcast. Wow. 
<laughs> It'll be called The Loneliest Boy, the Matt Gagan story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so based on this one episode, Gia, do you have a favorite or a least favorite character or both even? Oh, God, I don't know. Oh, it's so hard to tell because I feel like I know things change a lot throughout each of the seasons, like who's friends mm-hmm. with who and who's dating who and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I I have been a fan of Serena throughout the episode. I thought she was a fun main character mm-hmm. to have. If that's a terrible opinion. No, it's, by fu- all it's means, fine. Please let me it's, know. It's divisive, but like- it's it's fair. So far, being a, a two season watcher, I mean, one and a half seasons. I uh, I loved her in the beginning, and I, I don't like her as much now. But uh, I'm hoping she gets better. But she's just so beautiful that it helps her her character a little bit. It helps that so charming. Lively's playing her. Yes, I sure, think that yes. that's a big a big deal for sure. Um. Yeah. So I do. I am a fan of Serena. I think she's a good main character to kind of be one of the faces of the show, and she seem to be one of the people with the most sense in this episode. I'm sure that changes at some point. But so I guess yeah, Team Serena for now until I hear otherwise. All right. And is there is there anyone you didn't like in this episode? Any any uh-huh. least favorite character? Okay, I feel like this is not going to be a uh-huh. hot take, but uh what's his face? Uh Chuck. So Oh, that is a hot take. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, people like Chuck, him? Chuck is Chuck is polarizing. I think there's a whole Chuck boy uh, faction of of the fandom who does mm, we've had a lot Chuck of Chuck boys on recently too yeah specifically Chuck and Blair in general he definitely has been going on a journey will continue to go on a journey in this show so um, but there are a lot of people that uh, do not like Chuck for obvious reasons yeah. he is and I can see someone who watched just one episode uh, could be a little bit put off by him yeah I'm not a fan of Chuck in this current state right this now. This is how he always um, is too, by the way. <laughs> I'm all for, I'm, I hate the way he talks. Like the way he like, always, you learn to love he it. always talks like he like wants people to like solve a riddle. Like he's not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's just like thinking about what like reminds me of when I was in grad school and like you can tell some students that or like some of your classmates are like trying to just say the smartest thing with mm-hmm. or the smartest sounding thing without actually saying anything. I'm yeah. like, Chuck, just, oh my God, no, he gets on my nerves. He's one of the only interesting people in the show though, by because he is such a I weirdo. I believe that. Yeah. I believe well, that fully. Absolutely. And I'm sure, okay. you know, I love a redemption arc, so I'm yes. all, okay. yeah. I am all for being proved wrong in sure. the long run of the show. Well, stay tuned. Brendan doesn't know what to do with himself right now. As someone who uh, came in as a big Serena fan and a big Chuck fan, Brendan, Brendan is all over the place I with am. your answers. Yeah, it's very, very confusing. <laughs> um, all right. So let, let's get into this episode now. Uh, of course, it was season two, episode nine, There Might Be Blood. And Brendan, I will ask you uh, if you got the reference, but I, I just want to start off. I, I'm starting to have a problem with these titles, just like you are, Brendan. Why was this episode called There Might Be Blood? <laughs> yeah, see, this one, like, I feel like at least sometimes they have something to do with the episode themselves, let alone the fact that like they're completely irrelevant because they're just stupid movie titles. But this one is a random movie, and it also has nothing to do with the plot of the episode. It's just right, like, well, what's... and it's also like bad wordplay too. Do you know what the title is referencing? Yes, I won't even like fuck around with this one, which I like I usually do. Uh, it, it, <laughs> you're in a you're in a losing. Streak, it is so there. There will be right. blood. So like there might be blood. <laughs> is so stupid. Like that's 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 <laughs> like that's like a bad joke that we would make. 
All right, Brendan. Well, you started off the season four for four, then you went over four, yeah. and now you're back on track. I'm gonna have another, you get another four for four. Here we go. Or five for nine overall. So let's I, get into. I'm glad you're on my episode. team with this one, though. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I didn't even think of it until I was like getting ready for this, and I was like, "There might be blood." All right, whatever. Um, so, <laughs> At Serena, no point in- is someone actually in danger of bleeding at no. any point in this episode? <laughs> no. Uh, Serena invites Aaron to be her guest at a charity gala honoring Lillian Bart, but after discovering a secret that Aaron has been keeping from her, she begins to question whether Aaron is the guy she thought he was. Hoping it will change her chances of getting into Yale, Blair naively agrees to babysit the 15-year-old daughter of a prominent Yale donor, but the teenager proves to be more than a handful, and Blair begins to suspect that the evening may actually wind up hurting her chances of getting into the college of her dreams. Meanwhile, Jenny and Agnes plan a guerrilla fashion show that will either launch Jenny's star or ruin her chances of ever being accepted by the industry. So... Original air date, November 3rd, 2008. I'm sure we all remember where we were on November 3rd, 2008. But uh, let's get into it. We, we open here with Jenny. She's doing her fashion yeah. stuff. Agnes is back, of course, by the played by the great Willa Holland. And uh, so is Jenny's uh, heavy eyeliner look. That is also back. It's Very staying. Loving I'm, I'm the, starting the, to uh, like progression, it. Loving the progression of punk rock Jenny. Yeah. Uh, she's no longer working for Eleanor here, so they're making a bunch of clothes for something. I don't think we know exactly what yet. But we find out that Nate's also been avoiding Jenny ever since uh, he stuck his tongue down her throat, as yeah. Agnes elegantly says. Um, I, I guess understandable for Nate. I don't think he was expecting that yeah. moment. So now he's just, I, don't I mean, he he's already generally, exactly. yeah, he's already confused, like in general. So now he's probably even more confused. Or like, oh, what did I do? Uh, like, live, like with live with this girl? Yeah. I don't want to screw <laughs> with the family. I'm going to screw one yeah, person in so, the family. Agnes lets Jenny know that after tonight, she'll be so famous she can have 10 Nate Archibalds, but Jenny only wants the one, so it looks like uh, Jenny's catching feelings for our for our Nady boy here, and we don't exactly know what's going to happen tonight, but it's some sort of event that these these two are ambushing. Yes, um, and, and, I, and I, back to her, like, her new look, I do like the contrast of the dark, dark eyeliner and like the bright, like almost like bleached blonde hair. I think it's an awesome look, um, and I, I, yeah, I'm, it's just... Jenny's on a roll here as far as just being uh, an awesome rebel. I'm loving it. Yeah. Uh, Gia, were you enjoying the uh, the Jenny punk rock look here? Oh, my God, yes. She was definitely – it's very 2008, and yes. I was li- I was loving it. <laughs> this is so much of the time. Oh, yeah. How, how old is Jenny in this in this? Jenny season? is 15. Yeah, I think she, 15. she the actor is 15 at the moment too, right? Yes, she is 15 playing 15. Yeah. Okay, it is wild to me. She is thinking so hard about her fashion career at fifteen. It's but crazy. I am, yes, uh, very. She, we love is, a career focused uh, teenager. I of course, yeah, yeah. She's been on a roll this season. She has dropped out of school. She has quit her job. So this is all she has right now, and uh, she's she's gonna make the most of it. At least I'll give her that. Her and Agnes, there are some very young entrepreneurs here as they're gonna get her fashion career going. So. Nate and Dan, they're also uh, walking and talking here. Dan obviously doesn't know that uh, Jenny quit her job. He just knows that she's been working behind closed doors nonstop. He thinks for some private thing for Eleanor, but he says, how much privacy do you need to watch Project Runway and eat pizza? And um, don't you have a Project Runway podcast? That's the show you cover, right? Yes, we did Project Runway season 19 this past season. Now we're doing Top Chef season 19. Oh, yeah, I've never seen that. I can't wait to listen to yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so great. So you can answer Dan's question here. How? I mean, it combines <laughs> food sure and Project Runway. you do this. Yeah. We we, we planned this so well. We got you on this episode because we knew this this quote was going to come up. <laughs> yeah. And so so how much privacy do you need to watch Project Runway and eat pizza? 
Okay, as someone that actually did podcast on project about Project Runway, it is a very difficult show to follow for I will say in terms of like you have to remember the designs and you know like where like how the edit contributes to what designs are at the top and what's on the bottom and who kind of the front runners are and all that all that jazz. So I would say watching Project Runway can be quite the experience. So you know, Dan's a little judgy here. Yeah, you personally. definitely need your privacy here. And it's, very it's like, a big, like minimalizing big her accomplishments of being like this awesome, yeah. this this all star at uh, where Eleanor works. Like that's <laughs> what an asshole. Listen, I, I've got a bone to pick with the Humphrey Men in general. Yeah, they had episode, a really bad what, episode. What else is it, new? It, for, it was not great for them. No. Yeah, what else is new for me? Always defending Jenny and, and hating the Humphrey Men. And um, I, I can like Dan a lot of times. Like, and Rufus yeah. has been on a, a. I think it's tough for Rufus to have a good season when Jenny's been such a rebel. They're just going to make him out right. to be the bad guy all season long. But like. Right. Dan Dan could be a good brother at some point in these episodes, this like run of episodes, and he had like maybe like an all time low. This one, for yeah. Me. He's, he, I mean, he starts out trying to do the right thing, but we'll, we'll right. get into it. Dan, yeah, yeah. He, he gets a call from our friend Jordan from Yale. Uh, Brendan, you predicted we'd never see Jordan uh, again, and I pretty much confirmed this, so I don't know if this phone call counts or not. I, but it does not I was count. surprised to see. We don't even hear okay. his voice, do she, we? No, uh, I was surprised to hear her name even pop up again. I was too, and, and so was Nate, because he didn't remember who the hell she was. <laughs> Dan tells Nate that Jordan's calling. Nate's like, Jordan, uh, do I do I know any Jordans? Not not ringing a bell here. <laughs> and I, I laughed when Dan's like, dude, you hooked up with her. <laughs> and, and Nate's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Jordan, of like, course. <laughs> so so fucking dim. So funny. <laughs> Nate, Nate is, the, uh, is the dummy of the of the show, if you couldn't tell, Gia. I, could, I picked up on it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yes. the, the dummy who has Yale as a safety school to get into for right. for college. So I am obviously also like the Nate of the podcast. If you couldn't, tell. yeah, that also that much is obviously wait, we're not on video right now, but I'm also just as handsome and uh, well endowed as <laughs> Nate. Wow! Oh my god, I didn't know that was going to come up. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't know if that's true or not about Nate or myself, actually. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think know why we're going to move on. Let's move on. Keep it rolling. All right. Uh, so Jordan showed Dan's stories to three professors. Dan immediately thinks this is bad, but Nate's optimistic. Um, I, I'd probably be more on, on Dan's side here. I'd be like, nope, this is a disaster. Three <laughs> professors, they obviously all hated it. Why would you need to show it to three professors? Yeah. Uh, would be nice to be Nate and just be like, no, maybe, uh, you know, m- maybe everything's going hey, according to plan. His, his life is in such shambles and he's still such a positive guy. You, you got to give him that. <laughs> yeah. Dan, at the very least, should be texting Jordan back right away. Like, yeah, I don't know. I guess he just it. doesn't want officially to get the bad news so he's like putting it off but yeah but... Uh, this can't help just not answer <laughs> definitely not so yeah, i feel like Dan... he had multiple times that he could yeah. have at least sent a text right like they yeah. all have money texting is not that expensive at that time that he couldn't oh, of course not shoot a text or something Even if you were like me in 2008 who was uh spending 10 cents for every text five cents to receive a text i, I think I think they everyone in Gothenburg could probably afford that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, Humphrey, the Humphrey family can afford a text messaging plan in two thousand eight. Yeah, the Basses might not think that they can, but so. they sure can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So Dan, out of nowhere, is going to ditch their plans to because uh, Dan needs to stare at his phone for a few hours, and he tells Nate to you know talk to Jenny, try to figure out what's going on. Um, I was wondering how long it was going to be until like Dan finds out that uh, Nate is Jenny, but as soon they don't as like, they're, they're all, walking together in Jenny this conversation, gonna... I'm like, oh god, they're not going to be friends anymore by the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, because Nate and Jenny are going to kiss a few more times, and <laughs> they don't learn. They like they keep doing it in public, and obviously yep. people are going to see, especially with people sending in tips to Gossip Girl. Yeah. Like, they're especially in this Gossip Girl thinking. world where everyone's always at the right place at the right time. 
right? Exactly. But so uh, Serena and Blair, they're in some like Yale interview with this donor. Uh, Blair's telling this woman how much she wants to go to Yale. Uh, she gives <laughs> this woman, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Boardman here. She gives Blair the most dismissive how nice I've ever heard. She completely <laughs> cuts her off. And she's another one. She just wants to hear all about the fancy parties that Serena's going I know, to. This, this, like, poor Blair. How funny is this? She was in a fashion show last week. <laughs> Everyone just loves Serena. Why? Also, I guess maybe Blair couldn't get this interview without Serena. But why is Serena in the interview with Blair? Just like detracting attention away from her. <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> Also, it's amazing that these fucking rich people had to try so hard to get into Yale. Like, can you just like wave your like the, the pen over your checkbook and like get in there? I don't know how it works, yeah, but mean, they're Nate's trying way harder than anyone I know to get into college. <laughs> I mean, do you know anyone that tried to get into Yale? Uh, only only Rory Gilmore, and she got in pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Nate has all the hookups, but apparently no one else does. I mean, obviously Serena doesn't need the hookups; they're all begging her to go to Yale. Yeah. But Blair is still having trouble. Uh, to Serena's credit, she does try to get them back on track. She's pumping up Blair. She's like, oh, you know, Blair's mom's a big shot designer. Right. This lady clearly does not care, though. Her husband comes home. His name's Malchus for some reason. I don't know who was deciding <laughs> on the names for this episode. <laughs> he also doesn't really speak, just sort of smiles. And, uh, just, oh, yeah, Malchus. You know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they have to go because they're going out to dinner. Uh, she's going out to dinner with Malchus, and they're leaving her, their poor daughter all alone for the night. But uh, don't worry. As, as I flagged up in introducing introducing you this episode brendan uh she has her harry potter book and a bowl of ice cream so she'll be happy as a clam <laughs> yes she will be <laughs> <laughs> a great expression gee i know you're very you're very into books was this the case with you when your parents left you alone did they just give you a harry potter book and a bowl of ice cream to make sure you were uh, happy as a clam to my to my parents uh credit uh there was more than just harry potter books they we had lots of books to choose from however yeah yeah i was a pretty easy easy kid to to uh, allow for the to stay home at night, you know, like yeah. I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I was a very. I was not. I was. I did not live the rich life that the yeah. gossip girl yeah. teenagers were, yeah, were living a... at sixteen and fifteen. So yeah, you were not sneaking out like a little Emma and no. going to One Oak to try to try to get some underage not... alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I also not, a good to, boy. Not I did trying not to get at any stuff. point try to lose my virginity in yeah. the middle of. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brendan, much like Nate, uh, you could not read in high school. So obviously your parents just gave right. you probably a Harry Potter movie and maybe like a bowl of milk instead of a bowl of ice cream. Yeah, they they would often come and see me trying to read it. But like, Brendan, the book's upside down again. Come on, stop, stop <laughs> pretending. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Um, now this is when uh, Serena has the inspired idea to volunteer Blair to babysit, uh, to take the girl to a movie, perhaps. And at that point, the dean's friend, uh, you know, uh, because this lady, this donor, she is friends with the dean, so this they think this is going to help her out. Uh, she calls out to her daughter, who's just, I guess, been locked in her room this whole time. <laughs> so they let her out. Yeah, we did, we did see her, her mom go over and unlock the door from the outside to let her out. <laughs> and this lady still doesn't even know Blair's name, which is so rude. There's two people there. She already knows Serena. How hard would it have been to remember Blair's she, I think name? she knew the name. She just pretended like she didn't. It's a power move. Yeah, here. big power move. Serena's like, and as is Serena always, so naive here, where she's like, "Oh, this is gonna be so fun." Like, yeah, but like, this is part of me that like that loves this about Serena. Like sometimes it's, it's yeah. annoying, but like in this episode, I'm like, so damn charming. 
Yeah, she's, and right, she's really right away, nice too to her, yeah. her good Oh pal. yeah, I know. She's trying to help out Blair, which is good. I love when they're getting along. And I also th- was with Serena here. I was like, yes, this is going to be fun. You know, some people hate kids, but I, I love a good babysitting kid storyline. <laughs> and I mean, she's not even really a kid. She's a full-grown teenager, but yeah. uh, she's 15 years old. Brendan, you used to be a professional babysitter. Did you ever have to babysit a 15-year-old like this? That's funny someone that, as wild I, I as, have. As, I've as, had to this. babysit as old as a 16-year-old. Oh, I've, had to, they... I've had to babysit four any, kids at a time. Do you have any wild babysitting stories like this one? Not really. Well, this is more for you, but um, they, we actually, they actually lived across the street from Mike Smith. So there was a time where I was playing basketball oh. with all the kids I was babysitting, and Mike Smith came over and played with us for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Good luck doxing Mike Smith, who has the most common <laughs> That is a world. real person, by the way, for people that think I'm making that up. <laughs> um, all right. So, But no one was ever trying to no, sneak nothing out. Nothing bad ever and, happened. Uh, no, no one, <laughs> luckily, the, these teens weren't horny like this girl. <laughs> or if they were, like I dulled the moment the, <laughs> the arrow. So and immediately, yeah, and immediately said, "My vibe okay. is killed. I don't want to do anything tonight." <laughs> That's right. So Serena leaves now, and our old friend Aaron is just waiting outside. And he says he like just had a meeting or something. But we all know that he's just following the tradition of all of Serena's love interests by stalking her. This is this is what you do. You have a crush on Serena. You just stalk her. You follow her around and just show up at random times. So I was so he, confused uh, by had- Aaron's storyline. The whole episode, I was like, "What is Thank happening you. with these girls? What the hell?" Like, it I wasn't just Aaron. you. I yeah, Aaron. it was so. I hate him. He's terrible, but also just like what was going, like what they're trying to tell about Agreed. his life. I hate so the storyline. It makes no sense. I hate Aaron. He's a fucking loser. And he's a, I a, a bad actor. Just, he's actor. I, he sucks. And I hate that Serena's falling for this all episode for no reason. It's, like, a, it's I don't a, know what's the going weirdest. Their scenes together are so weird because it's like here's this amazing, beautiful, charming actor, and then here's a fucking like gray drywall like they even like, have any chemistry together no, like, they, she had so really it, it looks like every time she was speaking it was like he gave her something so great to work with because she was just like yes. running with it yeah. but he, he essentially just didn't say anything he said it so monotone and so quietly yes, and it's yes, like, exactly. <laughs> so weird okay, so yes he he asks if she figured out cecil the caterpillar yet which okay great great for her that she did because i don't know why there was a chance that she wouldn't be able to figure this out but <laughs> Um, and, and for the people like Gia who didn't watch last episode, Serena's going to go through their entire camp history again. She's like, yeah, Cecil the Caterpillar, you gave me a licorice ring, I ate it, we were married, yada, yada, yeah, yada. It's supposed to be this cute thing, Aaron, no one gives a shit. Yeah, no, I, I don't care. I truly <laughs> think they could have just taken this whole storyline out of this episode. And I wish they would have. It would have bumped it up like an entire letter grade for me if they'd had. I really wish they would have. Aaron is still talking, like, and this was, uh, he made his big debut last week, and I was complaining about him. It's the same thing. He's talking with no emotion, no enunciation, and a boring monotone i i still cannot believe how boring this guy is every time he opens his mouth and now apparently the girl on his motorcycle was just a friend so now that's good enough for serena for now so she starts to invite him to a friendly to the uh to the family gala when this random girl runs out of nowhere and kisses him right on the mouth uh you know not for nothing i wish i had as many friends as aaron rose does like this guy's got so many friends that just like want to kiss him and, and ride motorcycles even less and- believable though like, like knowing like the, the dry character that he is like why is everyone so horny for this guy? It makes no well, sense. I already, this guy sucks. I already like this girl way more than Aaron Rose. She has this one scene. <laughs> she really went for it. Like, the yeah. opposite of Aaron Rose. She she sprints in. She is sprinting into the scene, puts so much emotion into apologizing for being late, and then just goes in for the kiss. Like, yeah. I love her making the most of her two-second scene. Aaron Rose could never pull this off. And she might not have even been instructed to kiss him. Just like, oh, just make it seem like you're very friendly with And she's like, you know what? I'll, I'll take it to the next level. <laughs> yeah. And she pretended to be incredibly into Aaron Rose. So, like, honestly, where is her Emmy? Everyone's doing the work all around this guy. That is acting, yes. I think everyone who had to have a scene with this guy should have won an Emmy. (laughs) I think so. 
a joint Emmy just for having to put up with this this guy. An Emmy for the women in Aaron Rose's life. Yeah, and I have no, and like you were saying, Brendan, I have no idea what all these girls are seeing in him, unless you're like really into this mysterious, boring hipster type, which I am, but it's still not, it's still not working. Yeah, right. And he's like not that cute. Not no, that, I, it's so, fine. Yeah. yeah. Listen, not, not not to hate, not to hate on his looks. There's plenty of other things to hate on him right. for, but um, Nate and Dan now return home. Nate and Dan still living together as of now. Agnes and Jenny have been caught red-handed here, uh, and very notably, Jenny is wearing her. Her a little hat here, or if it's not a hat, it's just this little blob on her head, which is essentially a hat. And um, <laughs> yeah. I, I love, I, I, I'm always flinging this up because I, I love Jenny's Jenny's hat game. Um, Gia, as as a, the Project Runway expert, you're probably into fashion here. How how is Jenny's fashion as an aspiring fashion designer? I mean, I think she definitely knows her audience, and she knows the she knows the type of designer she is. She knows what she is trying to bring out to the world. So that's always good. It's always good mm-hmm. to be like very confident in your image and what your mm-hmm. look is or what your customer is. So points to Jenny for that. It's very 2008. So I feel like I can't be too judgy <laughs> in it. But um, I, I feel like, yeah, this is, feels like standard, like teenager 2008. Okay. So for the time, five. it's not bad. Yeah, so for the time, it's very on point. Like, she'd be the coolest rebel in school at this point oh, yeah. if she didn't drop out of school. Mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd be a, a big fan. She knows her brand. She's doing it well. So yes. um, can't, can't wait to see all the hijinks she'll be getting into. Uh, for now, Blair is babysitting. She asks the girl what kind of movie she likes, and she says, something where the animals sing, which is so funny. <laughs> like, how old does she think Emma is? Emma is... <laughs> is what, two, maybe three years younger than Blair? <laughs> She's like, yeah. you like the movies where the animals sing? Which... <laughs> it makes me wonder, like, what kind of movies Blair has seen. Like, does she is she a movie lover, or has she just she, heard of no, these things is. called movies? She is. She's a classics lover. She is. Oh, she okay. has seen all the uh, Audrey Hepburn movies. She loves. She loves all the classics. Um, but maybe she just doesn't know what the what the kids what are the into. teens in general yeah. like because she's too busy watching all the classic mm-hmm. uh, black and white movies. Honestly, um, though, Blair's just like me that, like, anyone two years or young, like, younger than yeah. me or more is like a child. I'm like, you like, really? like, like that is a bait. That is essentially You're a, a toddler. Like, what does he talk? What is <laughs> Yeah, so Blair's about to put on the Muppets, but uh, this girl yeah. has other ideas because Muffy McDonough has been bragging about how she's going to lose her virginity because she landed a date with the divert, the virginator. <laughs> Brendan, wasn't that also your high that school That was my name, high school title, yeah. The Virginator. That's actually my title was, now around the high schools in the, in the neighboring girl. area. Oh, wow. You know, my high school nickname was just The Virginator. <laughs> yeah. I walked in there and was like, The just The Virgin, here. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Nerd Virgin, as we like to call you now. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's my nickname now. That's, yeah. how, that's how I usually am referred to. <laughs> I love that this girl has no problem telling all of this to Blair, who is a complete stranger. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that now that mommy and Malchus are gone, she's determined to lose her virginity first. You know, you gotta love the ambition, as uh, yeah, as Chuck's absolutely. gonna flag up later in the episode. Oh my god! Perfect we, for a place like Yale. Yeah, that ain't exactly. Yeah, she could put that in her college essay, probably. <laughs> how, she, how she got one over on Muffy. Yeah. <laughs> um, gee, I, I know you were very unprepared for this big virginity storyline this episode because you messaged me in horror when you. When okay. you, you I, I have to apologize. I completely forgot this was going to happen. But. <laughs> so I knew, I knew the response to Gossip Girl like ten years later, more than ten years later, was how like basically they had all of these adults playing teenagers mm-hmm. and having storylines that are way too mature for what most teenagers are doing. 
um, mm -hmm. in that time frame. So I kind of, I had an idea. I did not fully expect to just have an entire storyline around a 15-year-old uh, <laughs> yeah. going on this perilous journey to lose her virginity yeah. in some way or another. It had to be that night. It's, so it there was so funny. a lot of virginity talk. Yeah, lots right? of it. And I just, like, all the main characters chasing around a teenager trying to get deflowered. It's just a bizarre <laughs> yeah. storyline. Yeah. Big, big uh, Emma so Boardman's Day Off vibes. <laughs> the journey to Mortar, it was not. Like, it was, <laughs> there was quite a lot happening. Um, I feel very, I felt even less cool of a teenager than I actually was with, like, watching this and be like, all of this, like, I don't remember nearly this much virginity talk happening. Yeah, well, you weren't hanging out with the Diverginator, that's why. That's right. I was not. I never got a or, date with the Diverginator. Yeah, it's super Muffy. embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this girl's, I mean, she's pretty much just like a young Blair because she's going to scheme her way into making this happen. Uh, she knows Blair wants to go to Yale, and if Blair doesn't let her get away with this, she's going to tell Dean Baruby that she took her to a club and got her wasted. So she... Uh, she goes to leave. She says, got a credit card, fake ID, and I want Bacardi and a boy. This body's open for business. <laughs> about this amazing I quote say, from a 15-year-old. I say that every time I go out. Right. First of all, I think this needs to be uh, made into my new Twitter bio. I think so. And <laughs> the body's open for business. <laughs> got a credit card, fake ID, and I want Bacardi and a boy. Yeah. This body's open for business. As a 28-year-old, uh, too, you have a fake ID for some reason still. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It gets me into one oak. The under... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then secondly, Blair can only like stare at her dumbfounded and then chase her out of the door. Like and Same to be Blair. Yeah, to be able to completely control Blair like this at only 15, like she's a star. Now, obviously she's in a power position here because right. of the whole Yale situation, but like she's still able to recognize that and then use it to her advantage and she's got so much confidence while doing it. I I don't think anyone could just pull this off. I think uh Emma You've Emma got a special definitely girl has on some her hands Blair. Here. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um so Benny has now told Dan that she quit Eleanor's. Uh, Nate tries to get Dan to take it easy on her. You know, now all of a sudden Dan says this is none of his business. Even though he was just enlisting Nate to find out what was going on with Jenny, now all of a sudden this is none of his business. So uh, Jenny tells Dan they're putting on a gorilla fashion show. And uh, Dan doesn't know what this is. Neither did I at first. Both me and Dan were uh, dumbfounded. I had a feeling, but um, I could kind of figure out what it was. It was going to be like a, a fashion show that would be just like unprompted in a way. But I feel like I saw Dan thinking immediately it was going to be a fashion show of gorillas. <laughs> I, I, I know that's what he was thinking. I had a, he, like, you're going to dress up what? Like, yeah, okay, so that's not what you were thinking. That's what that's you what Dan knew was that thinking. Dan was thinking. I knew it. I could okay. just tell. Yeah. I was able to figure out with context clues what this gorilla fashion show entailed. Yeah. Uh, Jenny begs Dan. She just needs a few hours for Agnes's friends to model the clothes or whatever, and uh, Dan's going to think about it. So Dan at least starts off. He's like, all right, let me be the good older brother. Let me think about this, but that is not going to last long. No, yeah, it's funny because I, I don't know why they all think this is going to be such a horrible, horrible thing. Like they, they really act like this is such a tragedy that's happening here. Yeah, and we'll really get into this. I don't know why they both, but especially Rufus, end up so mad about this. So mad. Like, besides the general principle of she broke rules, that nothing happened. <laughs> nothing like, happened at all. They just lavender. No up a one party. died. No one got hurt. <laughs> no. Like. What's the problem here? But we much more on that. You, just, later you interrupted I... like rich people patting themselves on the back, essentially. <laughs> exactly, yeah. billionaires making themselves feel good about themselves for <laughs> donating, yeah. like point one percent of their wealth. Hey, oh, it's a, oh, it is. Um, so Serena now looking at her 
childhood camp pictures of her and Aaron. Blair's hysterical right now, as she tends to get. She tells Serena she's never going to get into Yale now. Uh, she says, little Emma, turns out she's less Holly Hobby and more Jenna Jameson. And I love that Serena responds to this. Basically, it's just saying, like, Blair, can you speak like a normal person for once? Which we're, <laughs> we are, we're, we're back to Serena having no time for the bullshit. She's just like, I listen. Blair, I, I'm too busy looking at licorice rings and camp pictures. I don't know what you're saying right now. You need to you need to stop talking in code. <laughs> it's funny. It's, no one else talks like Blair or Chuck. I think that, that's why they're so right. perfect for each other is because they're just, just yeah. so bizarre and there's no one like they're, them. Well, they're all talking in riddles at all times. <laughs> um, Blair asks what Serena's doing and Serena lets her know that she's looking at her old pictures. And I think Blair speaks for all of us when she dramatically rolls her eyes and tells Serena that this guy gave her a ring pop when she was six. Move on. Yeah, she is. She's speaking directly for the audience. And, and Serena says with such sincerity, it was licorice, and I was eight. <laughs> like that's going to change like, anything. Okay. <laughs> Those two years really make all the difference. That's when yes. you really start getting an idea of what you want in life. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And licorice, obviously, much more romantic than a ring pop. Yes. Although the fact that it's black licorice instead mm, of red licorice, like the taste, like the taste. The questions of taste are already very uh, a very big concern, considering mm-hmm. everything we've met about Aaron. But then black licorice. Oh my god! That's yeah, what, yeah, that's a great point. That's the point. Yeah, um, it's. Just, I don't know anyone who's like the who likes black licorice. I think you have to be over a certain I, age I to can't enjoy stand black licorice. And just yeah, it's gross. As a famous I just, Twizzler fan, I, I, I love stand red. By and act like, yeah, I can't stand by and just act like this is a good idea on any like Serena. No, come on, girl. Yeah. yeah, just another point against Aaron here. Um, so, but Serena has this new plan to take Emma to the the boring charity gala, and by the time she realizes how bad it is, it'll be time to go home. So it, Emma's like right outside the door this whole time. I don't know what she was doing, but she she's right there. So she comes in, and uh, they convince her by telling her that it'll make Muffy really jealous, and uh, that she can you know take a visit to Serena's closet as well, which is a big draw for her. So, uh, yeah, she she's anything to one up Muffy here. I don't know, Brendan. I, I knew what your your life in high school was like because i went to high school with you i feel yeah. like you didn't have a muffy that you were always trying to one-up gia did you did you did have not, your version no. of a muffy in high school that uh that you just had to, just had to be better than at all times um i don't oh now i gotta think about this it was uh, i guess there were there were muffy-esque people i guess that mm. not so much that i had to one-up but there was just like a understanding that we would never get along for x, yeah. x amount of reasons and yeah so there were there were muffy like people yeah. i try not to be i try not to compare myself to different people and like uh try to i guess lose my virginity before them and <laughs> but you know yeah i'm I, just a simple gal like that though yeah yeah i like to say that like is, i like to think that i was more everyone else's muffy in the school since i didn't oh, have really one. I, it must be if i didn't have one i must have been the muffy I guess so. I wasn't your Muffy at all at any point. No, I think I was. I was probably yours. Should I? Uh, so, should I change my Twitter handle to Muffy Fresh Twenty Four? <laughs> I'm surprised yes, you already have it. Please do. <laughs> new Twitter handle, new bio. It's all coming together now. <laughs> People will be very confused who, who don't listen to this episode no. of the podcast. Um, and Dan's back at uh, the Humphrey Cafe here, and Vanessa's here just to be her annoying self. Like, she starts off being needlessly sarcastic, but I, I will say, at least she is Team Jenny here. I, I mean, yeah. at least for now, until she's going to be mad at her by the end of the episode, but... Um, I'm starting Vanessa's to think it's, like, innocent. part of the, like, the formula now. It's, like, it's not a full-on Gossip Girl episode if Vanessa doesn't come in for a couple scenes and, like, whine about something. Be annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Anne just innocently mentions Nate in a sentence, and she's like, "Oh, don't don't lump me in with Nate. He's your friend, not mine." Like, <laughs> he also calls yeah, her V here. Vanessa's point. What is I mean, Vanessa's point like in the show? So she, yeah, she is basically uh, Dan's childhood friend who moved away for a year and is now back, and she just lives in Brooklyn along with the Humphreys, and she doesn't go to the school at all. She is homeschooled. And she's, she just serves as someone who is supposed to be, like, Dan's best friend who also hates the rich people along with him. And that's pretty much the role she serves. But uh, we ask all of our guests here, Gia, how, how do you feel about Vanessa? Because she isn't the most popular uh, cast member. I just don't really understand her point in this whole thing. Like, it was, and I get that I watched a very random episode in the context of a larger storyline in the season but it just felt very weird to have her there like everyone else had a storyline or a point like even someone like dan or his dad are there to just kind of be a killjoy for jenny's yeah, gorilla yeah. fashion show but like it just like she just she was just following people along for whatever was happening in the moment it just felt very weird to have her be there consistently and then not say or do anything relevant or important to the greater context of the story. Yeah. And because she doesn't go to school with the rest of them and she's only friends with the Humphreys, I feel like sometimes they do run out of things to have her to do, but she is a main cast member. So she is going to appear in most of these episodes. So she's really uh, up until recently has just been hanging around the Humphrey loft, has just been eating breakfast with them, <laughs> uh, working with Rufus, but uh, we found out that she hasn't been at the loft since since Nate has moved in, and they they've also tried to pair her off with Nate, as I'm sure you uh, you were able to it figure out here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. She also had a one episode thing with Chuck where they tried to save a speakeasy, and then we never heard about that again. We yeah, have, we, <laughs> we haven't gone back to that. It seemed like there'd be more to that because it, it, it ended. In, there was no like full closure with that. Really just dropped that, but yeah. um, anyway, so ever since Nate moved in, Vanessa hasn't been at the loft. You know, no wonder we didn't have a, a breakfast scene with her eating waffles as we usually right. do. So uh, if, we, if she's Dan's not at the loft, the we usually find her at the coffee shop nowadays. Yeah. Anne's found the one thing that will keep Vanessa out of his house, <laughs> and, and it's Nate. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Dan, Dan tells Vanessa, you know, if she still likes Nate, she should tell him because Nate's a pretty good guy. Uh, yeah, it seems like Dan's come a really long way since Yale. He's very uh, team Nate, for now at least, and Nate, Nate tells him that uh or sorry vanessa tells him that it's weird that he's so ready to condemn his sister yet defend nate even though nate has done some questionable things um i, I don't know what she's referring to here i guess just I, like yeah. how he kind of screwed her over i guess that and like the whole thing about um banging old lady Catherine in exchange for money oh uh, yeah i guess that's gonna come up again I, yeah again but it's right when, when dan brings it up and nate's like well, you have no right to judge me for that. So I, I was, I was definitely Team Nate there. Like, why do I keep bringing that into this? Yeah, it is, it is fucked up to throw that in his face over and over again. Right. So, um, I, I'm surprised that Dan didn't respond with like, yeah, he might have done some questionable things, but have you seen him do the knee thing with a soccer ball? <laughs> <laughs> he that's does love that. Point. He does love that. <laughs> that's his big sticking. Point. That's why I think that's why they're everyone. friends altogether. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, I don't think he would give a shit about Nate. <laughs> Yeah, so Dan lets Vanessa know this, this isn't about Jenny lying. He's just worried about her. Uh, she's about to make a huge life-altering mistake. And supersonic hearing Rufus is able to hear this from, like, across the room. And yes. asks, who's about to make a big mistake? So Kat's about to be out of the bag there. Before that, we're almost 10 minutes into the episode here, and we're just getting our first Chuck appearance. So I, I audibly oh. groaned in disgust as Chuck sees the literal 15-year-old. That was so funny. It was, like, perfect it was comedic timing. <laughs> 
Like, to, like Jack hasn't been in the episode at all for for these first 10, 15 minutes or so. And like, what a way to make an entrance into the ep. He's immediately turned on, trying to flirt with her. Like I, at this point, I'm like, come on, Chuck. We've been trying to defend you recently, and you're just yeah. you're doing this now. Little Emma's a huge fan. She read about him on Gossip Girl all the time. And uh, Chuck lets it slip that the gal is going to be all old people, and that Blair lied to her. And she's like, what? It's old people? Which would be my reaction as well. That doesn't seem <laughs> right. like a great time. But little Emma, quick on her feet, much like much like uh, someone like Jenny Humphrey would be, and she asks she asks old uh, Chucky boy here to give her a ride instead. And so Chuck, Oof, gross. I mean, kidnaps this little girl. It was. <laughs> It really just, just for so what funny. reason I don't know because they're really trying to like pull the bait and switch here where we think Chuck's going to take advantage of her and then he doesn't right but then why did he take her with him that's a great question because at, at this point There's like no we, people that, that know Chuck at this point know that he's probably not going to do this because I think he's so still deeply in love with Blair that he's not trying to just like bang a random 15 year old even it sounds yeah, like he will like, and he and she thinks he will yeah. just like let's take my ride a ride in my limo we'll just go around the block and come right back here <laughs> What was the point of this? Uh, other than to trick, other than to trick the audience, like that's the only point. They're they're just trying to trick us. Just for that, in. like that ride line, I guess, like for the double entendre kind of joke. Yeah, I guess. Um, Blair and Serena are getting ready. They probably shouldn't have let Emma out of their sights here, but uh, Aaron has now sent the licorice ring. And even though he just made out with another girl in front of uh, Serena, his stupid gesture is seemingly enough to win Serena back over. She's like, "Well played, Cecil." What? Like, what? Not really. I mean, so, Gia, you were saying that Serena was the one making logical decisions here. Not in this particular storyline, I don't think, because I don't know what's wrong with her. Like, why is she so desperate for the attention of this one man? Yeah, I get, I guess I miss, I, I misspoke when I said she seemed more like <laughs> worth the voice of reason. But, like, I do think she was the one kind of keeping Blair in yes. check throughout the episode where it's with this kind of insane storyline. But, yeah, I don't. I feel like the bar is on the floor right now. With well, that's uh, also true. Yeah. Yes. The like, re- like really, that is that is what's winning you over, not all the other evidence pointing to the fact that this guy ain't shit. But you know, like, yeah. who am I? Who am who am I to judge? But you know, <laughs> I for one have never gotten a licorice ring. So that's true. What do I know <laughs> about romance? Who knows how that would feel receiving a, a licorice ring like that? <laughs> so. I would hope if someone were to bestow one on me, though, that it would at least be red licorice. I feel like, yes. like, do you even know me? Yes. Take <laughs> notes, everyone. If care? you are going to send Gia a licorice ring, and I would check your mailbox. Yeah, I I'm sure everyone might. will be sending you licorice rings after this. So <laughs> just make sure so. they are red and black. Um, Nate is talking to Jenny here, trying to calm her down, but... Uh, Jenny wants to know why he cares all of a sudden. He hasn't talked to her in a week. And Jenny tells him that if he does care about her, to prove it by coming with. And uh, I guess this somehow works. Because, but Nate, on one condition, Nate just wants to be the one driving. So yeah, they drive away. Just he could to... drive, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if he they can. Drive away just... no, I, we'll find out, I guess. They drive away just as Dan, Vanessa, and Rufus like walk by to see them take off. And Rufus like yells a little and tries to chase after the band for a second. But like, you know, calm down, Grandpa Rufus. There's not, nothing <laughs> Grandpa you can do Rufus. Here. They left. Is that what we call him when we were <laughs> angry at him? He's no, he's not yes, the Dilf. He's Grandpa Rufus. Exactly. Yes. When we like him, he's the Dilf. When we hate him, he's Grandpa All Rufus. Right. And it, it's a, it's a weird thing right now where like, why are they? What do they think's happening? Like, why are they so they desperate to get after this van? Yeah, they're, they're just automatically assuming that uh, Jenny's up to no good here. So, yeah. uh, Chuck and the fifteen-year-old Emma are in the limo, and uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know what Chuck's like. What he's thinking here, I don't know if he knows how young this girl is, but he is a senior, so 
he has to know that he's younger than her at least. So they really make it seem like he's like preying on her right now. And she's just excited to be in a real limo. She goes to tell her, tell him her name. And he's just like, oh, let's, let's not ruin this with you talking. And uh, <laughs> turns out little Emma doesn't need the de-virginator because she, she wants Chuck to deflower her. And right now it seems like we have season one Chuck back out of nowhere. And like he's just right. like fully the villain here that we have to be wary of. And, you know, even Gossip Girl says uh, spotted. Bass taking the bait, jail bait that is. So Gossip mm. Girl also calling it out. Uh, did they get you, Brendan, with this uh, bait and switch here? I, I had to tell you he wasn't going to do it, but maybe if anything, he was trying to maybe look more like the devil in the eyes of Gossip Girl. Maybe it was just all for PR. <laughs> for PR, he's just trying to keep up his yeah, uh, he could be. his devilish name. Yeah, because he was very uh, he was very pleased when she said, uh, "I've read about you on Gossip Girl. You're like the devil, or whatever." Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, finally some truth in advertising. <laughs> So Blair and Serena are freaking out. Uh, Blair seems to know that Chuck is behind this somehow as he walks in and she just starts yelling at him. But Chuck Chuck lets Blair know that while there are a few things he holds sacred, the back of the limo is one of them. Uh, was that the joke <laughs> of the episode for you, Brendan? No, I, I think you can probably tell uh, if it's not this one, it's going to be something that is an all-timer later on in the episode. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm excited. So yeah. uh, Gia, if you didn't know, the, the back of the limo is where Chuck uh, de-virginated Blair. I, I picked up on that with, yes. Uh, yeah. okay. yes, I did not know that fully, but I I felt like there were some context clues for that. But, and again, I agree with you, though. What was the point of him taking her for, <laughs> <laughs> taking her for a ride in the back of a limo? Like, what, <laughs> why, why, Chuck? Yeah. Like, again, the Riddler is making no sense here. And again, <laughs> I don't like him. He just takes her without telling anyone. <laughs> and then, according to him, um, you know, she... She tried to, you know, get him to deflower her, but he was not down to have sex with her. So uh, after he turned her down, she just ran away. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing Chuck didn't try too hard to catch her. No, I mean, maybe he was, he did, because Chuck seems to know all as the, the Riddler character he is. So maybe he was trying in a way to help the love of his life, Blair, by just kind of keeping this girl busy for a little while. I don't know. Yeah, but then why would he tell her that the gala is just going to be old people? Oh, true. Yeah. So, and that Blair so, lied to her. Okay, so like, it makes no sense. Oh, I, yeah, I was trying to give I the writers some credit. It makes no sense. Uh, some, sometimes you just can't give the writers any credit, like, no matter how much you try. Um, so uh, Serena gets a text that the bartender at One Oak is serving her. And um, I feel like th this was the this was the bartender that had her phone when she was like spiraling out of control. Yes. And I feel like this is the same bar that uh, when Nicole was on, she said is always serving alcohol to underage people. So this definitely checks out. I think so. I think this is a recurring bar at this point. Yeah, this, this is going to be how Emma's going to be able to uh, easily get in with her fake ID, even though she's 15 years old. And uh, Blair now forces both Serena and Chuck to come with her on this goose chase and love a good team up. I wish Nate wasn't so busy so the whole squad could come back together. That'd be fun. Do we, we, we yeah, never get we, an episode where all five, I guess, no, I'm not going to include Vanessa, but like the whole gang is involved. Like, do we get like a Dan, Serena, Blair, Chuck, and Nate all like, as like a mystery team type, type of deal? We kind of had that one where Serena was like spiraling out of control at the end of season one. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was when Dan showed up, but the rest of them kind of didn't want him there. Right. <laughs> we love a yes. good Scooby-Doo team up. We do. Oh, my God. I just want them it's, all to fight It is so together. rare. It is so rare when all five of them are like in the same all in on the line, same thing, yeah. like have the same goal and are like teamed up. So that it's definitely a rare thing, and I do love every time it happens. So unfortunately, we only have three of them this time, but it is still fun. A fun, a fun team up nonetheless. So uh, Nate here, he and Jenny are at the big event. Jenny's looking for some financial backers, and you know, good for her that she does end up pulling this off. But 
I don't know. I hope she had some sort of backup plan because much like everything, every plan that any character comes up, like it's far from a guarantee. But it, oh, yeah. of course, since this is Gossip Girl, it is always going to end up working out for them. Yeah, in my in my mind, it was a huge swing, and it was it was awesome that she did this. And like what like like Dan said, like like the guts that she has, amazing. But uh, if it didn't work out, I would have assumed she maybe would just go back to school and like, all right, well, this, none of this worked. Let me just uh, head on back. All right, Rufus. Turns out you were right. I'm going back to school. Yeah, yeah. One one last big swing before it all crumbles. All right, you know, not not bad. I guess yeah. you do always have school to fall so I'm back. I'm still 15, on, I guess. so you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not like they're going to turn her down. I, right. I don't know what the actually. I don't know what the policy is there. After you drop out, or you're just allowed okay, to come point. back. She can go to some school. I'm sure. I feel yeah. like you kind of, like she has to go to school at some point, right, or get a GED or something. Like they have to she offer is, her uh, something. Yeah, she's being homeschooled right now, although we haven't seen much of her homeschooling process. We but. haven't gotten a lot of study scenes with her. As, no. as much yeah, as I, I want like. to see the curriculum, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because she's too busy doing her homework with this stuff, and Nate's impressed that Jenny's done her homework because obviously that is something that Nate has never been able to do. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> yeah. like, wow, you did your homework. That's really impressive, Jenny. Um, and she uses her lovable smile and a suit that she's uh, snagged for Nate here to convince Nate to stay with her. Um over at One Oak, Blair is trying to save her ass here, and Serena can still only talk about, like, her stupid licorice ring. Like, Blair's actually trying to get into Yale, and Serena's still talking about the stupid uh, licorice ring. And shouldn't she be, not for nothing, shouldn't she be demanding an explanation from Aaron first? Like, she still doesn't know what the deal is, and she never will. Aaron never tells her what the deal is no. with these girls are. She so. keeps getting charmed uh, by these is- weird, weird things. <laughs> Exactly. Blair is just like, shut the fuck up until we deal with my actual problem first. And they find little Emma getting cozy in a booth with some asshole named Serge. Again, don't know who's deciding the names for the characters this week, but um, <laughs> Blair loses her. She she gets away with Serge. And more on that later as we have Serge to go back to the famously boring... the uh the third gym leader in the original Pokemon game. Lieutenant Serge. I would I would have never known that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe All you Pokemon same guy. freaks out there. Yeah. It could be, yeah. Um, back to the boring gala here with Jenny, and we find out that this gala is to honor Lily and Bart Bass, and now Jenny freaks out a little. Um, so someone comes over to Jenny with the list and asks who she is. And again, I always say this Jenny very quick on her feet, and she's seamlessly. She's just like, uh, yeah, my name is Erica Vanderwoodson. Uh, sometimes they leave off the A. My parents are that actually guests so of good. honor. So, and this so works because <laughs> their actual son is named Eric, and we already know that he's out of town this week for some reason. I, I forget why, but... Um, it does work, but also saying sometimes they leave off the A is so stupid. <laughs> like, she should have just been like, a guy, she should just been like, oh, that's weird. That that must have been a typo. But instead, like yeah, for whatever reason, she applies that a recurring problem in her sometimes life. Sometimes they just call always... me a boy's name. <laughs> yeah, like why is this a recurring problem that people keep leaving off the A? <laughs> people don't need to have every letter included all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My I name is Eric I with assume. a silent A. <laughs> They're being charged per letter. That's how the billionaires stay rich. They just leave off random A's. <laughs> So Lily sees Jenny. She's surprised to see her, asks who she's here with, and that Nate will save the day here, says that she's here with him. He's here because uh, his mom couldn't make it. So now, um, you know, Jenny knows that she's about to ruin the night for people who have been nothing but nice to her, as in Lily and, I guess, Bart, by extension? I don't know. She doesn't have much of a relationship with I, Bart, yeah, but she's Lily. always... Yeah, pretty much just Lily. Uh, at least she does feel some genuine guilt about this, but, you know, too late now. Like, I, I don't know, unless you disagree. Should she have called it off at this point? Or, like, at this point, you're here. You kind of have to go through with it. Yeah, I think that's why she was going back and forth and, like, should I do it? I, I'm all the way here. Like, I, I have this whole thing set up. Uh, I think she was just, like, a, a little bit, like, walking it back a little bit because her family is pretty close with Lily. Um, but I'm, I'm glad she ultimately went through with it. 
No, yeah, her, it, career, her fashion career is on the line. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I'm, true. You need, you know, it's now or never. You've gotten this You're far. Exactly. Steffi, uh, she's fading fast at 15, you know? Like, <laughs> this could be her only opportunity in life to break into the fashion world. It's true. You don't want to peak before you hit, uh, before 16. <laughs> she's got to keep doing stuff. Yeah. Um, Once you get to those late teens, it's all over for you. Oh, it's all yes, downhill from toast. there. <laughs> and for those Jenny of you on uh, Lily Hot Watch, oh. Um, oh yes, which uh, I'm sure are many people. Yes, hair was incredible. Uh, what a woman! <laughs> and that was the Lily Hot Watch segment. Stay tuned for uh, <laughs> next week, where Brendan will break down how hot Lily was. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny starts freaking out, and Nate responds by kissing her for some reason again in public as someone snaps a quick like picture. The middle of the room. And this is the girl. The girl who takes a photo of Nate and Jenny. I knew she looked familiar, and it's because she it's does, one of right? those. Uh, those middle school girls from the uh, the Dark Knight episode where oh, okay. they, uh, like some of them were sure. were Dan Stans and some of them were uh, Serena Standerwoodsons. So okay, she cool. was one of those nice middle school character. girls. It was funny that I watched yeah, her take a picture here. and then like maybe it was her dad next to her just looks at her like I don't know if he was disappointed <laughs> yeah. or like he didn't stop her. He's just like okay. No, he's just like uh, what's going on here? I don't know. So <laughs> I, wish, I, I wish he got out of camera get- too. <laughs> I don't get the move of uh, kissing someone to calm them down, but I've seen it on TV multiple times now. So I, I for some reason, people think this is going to work. And uh, this is obviously going to end badly, though. They're yeah. in a public place. Gossip Girl is two seconds away from finding out and spreading it everywhere. And that's exactly I what happens. I personally feel like there were several other things he could have done before kissing her and exposing <laughs> yeah. whatever they have to the world. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he just wanted to kiss her. I think, I think so. that might that, that might just be what this is. Oh um, no, you guys! I was just being a good friend. Like, yeah, I just had to calm her down. There was nothing else I could do. I had to kiss her. <laughs> I had to kiss. If you think about it, I'm the hero here. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I don't know why he didn't just try telling Dan that. <laughs> and she should have. He should have kissed so Dan. I swear. It's like Dan, just yeah, calm yeah, down. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me a kiss. because then that makes sense. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, when Dan started shoving him against the wall, Nate should have just kissed him. Shush. <laughs> Calm him down a little bit. <laughs> so uh, back at the club, Blair now blaming this whole thing on Serena. Been a few episodes, so we need a, a nice a nice quick Blair and Serena fight over whose fault this is. Um, you know, Serena did just impulsively sign Blair up for this without consulting her at all. But at the same time, Serena is right that Blair would never had a chance if not for, you know, Serena coming up with this Hail Mary. So I, I see both sides. We really don't have to pick sides here because it's very inconsequential. Yeah. They'll they'll get over exactly, this very quickly. Yeah. It's, it's not a serious Blair-Serena fight. It's uh, It ends up working out. Yes, because Chuck swoops in and points out that uh, Mommy Boardman over here is making out with a man who is not Malchus. And Blair's mm. going to snap a quick pick. Hell yeah. I mean, this this happens so often with Blair just finding someone cheating and blackmailing <laughs> yeah. them with it. it. It follows her. Maybe she's right. Maybe God is always looking out for her. I think so. Way. God is calling on I her to do this. I just a superpower of hers. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Find people cheating. Yeah. Or- I, don't, and I, I don't know. It's so weird that this uh, middle-aged mom is here at the same club that like they let in underage teens. <laughs> yeah. well. It's kind of weird. <laughs> what a coincidence! I can't believe she's stepping out on Malchus. He seems like such a great guy. <laughs> such a wow. quality guy. How could These you? rich people clearly have just too much time on their hands. I guess so. Poor Malchus. Um, Poor Malchus. Justice for Malchus. Justice for Malchus is right. <laughs> justice for Malchus. Um, <laughs> Hashtag justice for Malchus. Back back to the boring party. Uh, we meet Stuart, and Agnes just goes, this is Stuart. He's in love with me. So The, the power that he, Agnes has over. He gets no over lines, just a, a bunch of nodding. <laughs> he has no lines, yeah, but he makes the moment out of putting his drive into the computer. Like, he's mm-hmm. just nodding and smiling. At yeah. Jenny. He owns this scene. Another person love- better, than, better than Aaron oh, Rose. Sorry. 
Oh, I love on. the DJ that's just there for the chaos of it. Yeah. No yeah. questions, no <laughs> context clues, anything. But after, after <laughs> he's told not to do anything gross to Jenny, though, which made me question his <laughs> yeah. character a little bit. I, I want to know what Agnes and Stewart's history is. Like, why is he in love with Agnes? Do, why, why is he about to quit this job? Like, how do they know each other? Is he always doing this kind of stuff for Agnes? We we need the Agnes and Stewart spinoff. Absolutely. Stewart doesn't say anything and just <laughs> nods. It's like a Phineas Ferb so, situation. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, team Humphrey is in the loft, and uh, obviously Rufus already spiraling out of control, already regretting ever trusting Jenny, even though he has no idea what's going on. And Dan now sees Gossip Girl, the Gossip Girl blast of Nate kissing Jenny. He's now shocked and appalled upon he seeing this. Yeah, but he he doesn't tell anyone else. He's just like, let's go. I know where she is. Yeah, uh, and a know, good, good move to shut the laptop at that moment because two people in that room besides Dan would have gotten very upset by seeing that. Even more upset than Dan. Dan yeah. is probably the best option to, to find this out. <laughs> yep. um, so in the cab, uh, the turns have tabled yet again as Vanessa and Rufus are sticking up for good guy Nate. They're like, oh, you know, at least Jenny's with Nate. You know, he couldn't have known about this, right? This is Nate we're talking about. And Dan's now the one saying not to trust him. Uh, he, and this is when this is the first time he reminds Vanessa about old lady Catherine. He decides to speak in riddles, though. He's like, yeah. and by lady, I mean older. And by date, I mean, and Rufus just like. What, what, are, you what are you guys talking about over yeah, there? Yeah, the way he, the way he, he tried, him tried to describe this is like cringy almost. And I get that Dan's upset right now, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't think Nate kissing Jenny means he's a terrible guy. Like, I, yeah. I guess Dan doesn't want this to happen, but I don't know. Maybe find out the whole story first before you're like, wow, I can't believe Nate's doing this. First, he trades sex for money, and now now this. Like, I don't yeah, know like what that, has to do with the other. Yeah. And it sounds like the, this one is worse in his mind than the, the first yeah. part. I, I, I don't, I, I never know. understood like the whole like protective brother thing like having three sisters and one of them is younger i never really got the like what well, you can't kiss my sister unless there was like a, a literal like old man doing it but if it's like right. one of my friends and my sister's two years younger i would be like oh that's cool i'm glad like somebody that i like is uh dating my sister right people used to kiss your sister and you were giving everyone high fives yeah like, <laughs> like hell yeah true. yeah like and you were giving your sister high fives right and i was like i wish i could be you guys but since i can i'll give you guys high fives yeah <laughs> You, yeah, you were very, uh, very uh, kiss positive with, with uh, your sisters. You're, you're telling her to get out there, play the field. Unlike Dan, who's like, no, 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 no one can kiss yeah. my sister. Dan, um, Dan's a little shamey here. I don't like it. He is. I mean, yeah. and then I, on the other hand, like Nate is living with the Humphreys, so maybe if you are going to do any, like at least follow the number one rule of maybe don't hook with hook up with anyone in the family who's letting you live with them. But yes. I mean, that ship has sailed at this point, I guess. So. Um, they they arrive to this private party and they're not going to be let in. Luckily, Lily spots them at the door and lets them all in. I wish uh, she didn't find them because then we'd have another instance of Rufus making a scene trying to get into a private it's, event. It's, it's happening so often lately. It's so funny it him just trying to get week. into it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did get into this go- one, but it's still funny him like, just like trying to get to all these high-end parties. And he's and- always so confident that it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish we had the running thing where every week someone will go to Jenny and be like, you'll never believe it. The same guy is trying to get in <laughs> saying he's your father. I don't know. What do you want me to do with <laughs> this wacko outside? Yeah. Our, uh, our good friend Bart Bass is here. Not thrilled to see Rufus. Um, <laughs> Rufus notices they're getting a award, gives like a half-hearted congratulation as he's wearing his like ratty dad clothes. Like yeah. he sticks out so much. He here. really does. That, that was a funny moment by Rufus, by the way. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, a high moment for him in, a, in an episode of low moments for Rufus. Yeah. So uh, now now we get another little argument with Serena and Blair. And th- this is, I-, I guess, where Gia, you're probably coming in, where, where Serena's trying to be the voice of reason here. Uh, Serena's thinking of little Emma here. 
and says that, you know, her mom's having an affair. No wonder she's acting out. But Blair now only cares about using it as uh, blackmail to get her way into Yale here. And uh, Serena probably is morally correct, correct that Blair shouldn't do this. But at the same time, like, this is who Blair is. I can't blame Blair for doing what she does best. This is why we love her. Right. And at this point, you got to get anything you can out of this. And, like, you've gone this far with this plan. You need to just, like, finish the job here. Definitely good to have it as a backup plan regardless. Right. Yeah, and honestly, Blair ended up being a much better person than me because as soon as that woman started uh, back talking to me about afterwards, I would have shown it. Incredible restraint by Blair there. She was about to. She was about to. A lot of sass for her public indecency throughout all of New York (laughs) finest clubs. (laughs) Yes. So uh, this, this is when Blair claims that it's a sign from God. God wants her to do this. You know, I mean, God does work in mysterious ways. I have heard that about, uh, you know, God. But Serena is able to convince <laughs> Blair to, I, I, I don't know, I think I went to church once or twice as, oh, okay. a, <laughs> as, a, uh, as a young child. And they were, they're always saying God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard that women also Blair. work in mysterious ways. You, you too. Abano talk, talks about that all the time, how people, women work in mysterious ways. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, Serena able to convince Blair to at least save Emma first before blackmailing. So uh, she leaves, and we're left with our dynamic duo of Blair and Chuck to see how they're going to handle this. But first, Dan sees Nate. Uh, <laughs> Nate. When Dan's charging him, Nate's all like dopey smiles here as he sees his good bud Dan. <laughs> but Dan gets tough with him right away. I thought we were pushes get a him against here. the wall. <laughs> yeah, Another famous no, he Dan didn't go punch. that far. Yeah, I, I guess... Uh, Nate's a good enough guy to not get punched. Yeah. So he starts just kind of with the shove against the wall. But uh, Nate tries to explain himself. And this is what we're talking about. He kind of, Dan unfairly brings back that Nate traded sex for money, which, first of all, that's none of your business, Dan. It has nothing to do with you or this situation at all. And then also, it's not even like Nate had a choice in the matter. He was being blackmailed himself. Yeah, it's it's just totally out of line and just rude and just like kind of plays Dan's ugliest character traits here. Like Nate was never like I'm hooking up with this older girl. She's a she's a duchess. Let me see if I can get some money out of her for sex. Yeah. He didn't want to have sex with her, and she was saying I'm gonna make your dad go to like I'm gonna turn in your dad. He's gonna go to jail if you don't keep having sex with me. Oh, and also if you do, here's the bonus of I'm gonna pay you for for you. So you're and not he needed poor. money. So like, he's like, yeah, I guess I'll do this too because I'm being forced to anyway. He's not gonna turn down the money once he's getting it. Right. But this was not his idea at any point. So I mean, I get that Dan is looking out for his sister. I, I appreciate the instinct here, but uh, he's being such a dick to poor Nate. The self-described, uh, not some creepy older guy, as Nate calls himself. Right, and Maybe? He, that's a good point, too. He's like, it's to your difference, man. Maybe you should call yourself the uh, not-so-creepy-older guy of podcasting, Brendan. Um, that, could, that, that could be good. <laughs> good branding. Yeah, Nate should have been like, don't make me out to be the, the creepy uncle of hitting on your sister. <laughs> <laughs> And so this this sucks because we were just getting this budding bromance between Dan and Nate. Uh, they're always talking about doing the knee thing with the soccer ball uh, the last few episodes. And it's really messy because Nate's living with them right now. And I didn't want this to jeopardize this, but now it looks like it will. Yeah, you had to know and it was going yeah, to. Nate's correct when he tells Dan, you know, I'm sorry about Jenny, but you have no right to judge me about this. And it does seem to calm Dan down for a little bit. Like he unleashes Nate at the very least. But then right. t- Dan tells Nate to uh, pack his stuff up, get out of their house. Dan knows – Dan I, – Dan knows that Nate has nowhere to go, right? But he just does not care in this moment. Yeah, he's, so he's thinking just too rash. Nate out, which sucks because, like, the only reason he's with them is because he literally doesn't have anything. Right, you're going to literally kick this kid to the curb just because he kissed your sister. Yeah, so do we feel bad for Nate here or, like, serves him right for oh, kissing very poor bad little Jack? I feel yes. so bad for Nate. Yeah, I feel... She was I, panicking. Like, I oh, agree. My God. And he yeah, had to I kiss her. What, what else was there to do? He had to. He had to. There was no he, other option. He basically had to, and I agree. The sex for money thing, like Dan needs to just mind his business. I don't know exactly. what exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
he was he was freaking out a tad too much. And he's it's such a low too, blow a to just rub that in his face for yeah. no reason. Like I know. I wonder. Like I wonder if. Um, oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was going to say like real, but like realistically, you made a good point. It was like, yeah, you know, like you did this one thing to inconvenience me for a brief period of time. Remember when you were blackmailed into having sex for money? Like, <laughs> yeah, like this, feel, this feels like it was blown way out of proportion. Absolutely. And I, I just wonder, like, if Rufus kind of would react the same way, because like Rufus would probably be more mad. I, oh, he'd, first of all, he'd probably be more mad at Jenny, um, but he'd also yeah. probably be mad that Nate was kissing her. But that Rufus makes more sense for him really... to be that hot. If he was in, in Dan's position, I, I, would, yeah. I, I would understand Rufus being this annoyed because like, you'd let this kid into your roof and he kisses yeah. your daughter. Like, that makes more but sense. But he was also, Rufus was the one that was most adamant that, like, we need to help Nate out with this whole situation. He needs to yeah, be living with true. us. So would Rufus just, like, turn his back on him at that point? I think maybe he would give him, like, a, a screaming uh, and then well, let him stay there still, but maybe keep an eye on him or something. Right. And. and and not for nothing. As the wise prophet the killers once said, it was only a kiss. It was only a kiss. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like we, she, she, Jenny did not get de-virginated here. Uh, you know? So, I, I mean, th- this is... Uh, one one kiss. One kiss that was shown on Gossip Girl. What? Come on. What are we doing One here? kiss that he knows of. Like, realistically, yeah. it is not that bad. Yeah. So, you know, I especially feel bad for Nate because uh, this is going to result in Nate having to first live with his mother, which is gross, and also live on and Long the, Island. And those, with those is, stupid dogs, too. On Long Island as well, in the Hamptons, which is even grosser. So poor Nate, like, really, really sucks for him at the end of this episode. But yeah. on the bright side, Blair and Chuck have found Emma. So I, I kind of love the the symmetry of both stories here revolving around having to, like, f- go on a wild goose chase to find a character. Like, we've got one side people running around trying to find Emma, the other side people running around trying to find Jenny. Mm-hmm. And um, and this scene in particular, I love a lot. This is uh, when <laughs> from Emma saying, when Serge gets back, there's going to be one less virgin around here. <laughs> to, <laughs> to Chuck admiring her for her determination. To Emma being like, I just can't let Muffy lose her virginity before me because she beats me in everything. It's all so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I, I, so I, funny. I, I, it made me think about how um, if that, that was the title of Justin Bieber's song instead of One Less Lonely Girl, that would be a lot, a lot less cute of a, of a song title. Uh, one one, one less, less virgin, virgin around here? <laughs> yeah. If Justin Bieber, the 15-year-old, was singing about that, yeah, that'd be, that'd be wild. Also, maybe a good title for our uh, Justin Bieber spinoff, one less, or Two Less Lonely Boys, maybe? <laughs> Two Less Lonely Yeah, when we, when, we do, uh, when we start breaking down every single Justin Bieber album, that'll be... That is pretty good. Yeah. Um, Two less lonely boys. Um, I I, uh, I feel like Blair should see the parallels here. That little Emma is just like just a little Blair here. Muffy's clearly her Serena. This could be the next generation of Gossip Girl instead of what we're getting uh, right now on HBO Max. It should be. It really should be them, or, or at least like the middle school girls that come up. Yeah. So uh, she checks Gossip Girl to see that uh, Muffy's muff got stuffed. And, yes. Uh, the jig is up now. And that's you know, not, the joke not of the episode. Did... <laughs> that is a that's classic line, all timer. Yeah, rare that uh, Gossip Girl herself gets the the joke of the episode oh, from man. you. That, for like a, a, an episode with a, a lack of comedy, that one was, like, was such a huge laugh for me. <laughs> you had to pause the episode because you were laughing for five minutes. <laughs> it straight. was a knee slapper. It was an Aziz Ansari <laughs> knee slapper. <laughs> so, yeah, so not not only did uh, Muffy get stuffed, but she's also on Gossip Girl. <laughs> she popped two cherries at once. And <laughs> this is when just so much is happening in the scene Serge is now like calling for his little princess to get back in the room and all three of them <laughs> so, bad. so creepy. all three of them walk in he's like whoa who are you and it's this is this is what made me laugh and chuck everyone like storms off but chuck stays by and gives him some advice to lose the tulip this, this is probably my favorite scene in the episode yeah this is a lot of a lot of things happening here and 
we we do love a wild goose chase in this in this far. It's 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 all great. And a lot of, a lot of good yes. Blair like screaming scenes too in this in this little bit. <laughs> yes, I just I just, I just heard <laughs> just losing her mind and yelling all the time. Yes, but uh, Serena is still playing the uh, stupid Aaron Rose game, where Aaron has now changed his voicemail recording to say something like, "Oh, if this is Serena, I swear it wasn't what you think. I don't have a girlfriend," and it puts the dopiest grin on Serena's face. How she is so charmed by this, I have no idea. She still wants to give this loser another chance, as yet another woman answers his phone, Tamara. She just Serena just looks like, so what? stupid over and over again, and what she really has this? no one to blame but herself. At this point, like fool Serena once, you know, shame on you. Fool her twice, shame shame on her. We fooled Serena like five times at this point. What like, is, the what same is thing. this game? Every time, and he keeps doing this like dopey little things to charm her, and they keep working. And and then there's. Women involved right afterwards. Like this girl immediately answers the phone. I'm like, who the hell is this? <laughs> and, he, and he literally just always has a girl with him. So many friends. Are they friends? Or is, he's going to claim that. That's what he says. I don't know. No, yeah, I'm sure they are not friends. I'm sure they are at the very least friends with benefits. This guy, this guy, I, all you can say is this guy does fuck at the very least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, say what you want about Aaron Rose, but Aaron Rose fucks. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks, but he fucks. <laughs> So uh, Jenny finds Nate. Phil's, Nate's going to fill Jenny on everything. He's like, they know. Everyone knows about us. And Agnes now tells Jenny that they have to go. But Jenny's now hesitant because her dad and brother are here. But, you know, Agnes points out they can't t- kill her twice. So Jenny begs Nate to stay and hurries off. And the ceremony is going to get started here. And like we said, just love when billionaires get awards for being good people. Always so well-deserved. So, uh, <laughs> and something that they definitely stick through for themselves, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, who gave them this award? Did Bart give Lily the award and Lily give Bart the award? Like, who's crowning them? Yeah. I mean, needless to say, I, I am glad this stupid ceremony gets interrupted here. Lights go out, music starts up. You know, we have uh, pictures of Jenny's designs up. The models are storming the room. And Lily you know, also immediately uh, gets excited too. It's so funny. Yes, yes. She, she doesn't give a shit know, about jumping this. on chairs. Yeah. Lily, yeah, Lily just looks so happy that something's happening. It looks like Lily didn't want to be here herself. So. No, definitely yeah. not. Honestly, good for Jenny and Agnes for planning all of this. Good for Stuart for making this happen. Lily, like you said, looks really impressed. To, to her credit, like Lily is not taking herself too seriously here. She's not like, how dare you? How how dare you interrupt my no, my all. gala here? Yeah, she very seems down to, to love She's what's awesome. happening here, and yeah, she has a soft spot for uh, Jenny, so of this course. makes sense. And she loves the Humphreys. It's funny, though, because if Serena did something like this, I'm certain that Lily would be mortified. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Lily but would try to put Serena in jail. The, the little bit we do Serena. get from Lily in this episode, she like really has cl- is climbing the ranks of my favorite characters. Yeah, yeah, she had a great episode. Yeah. Um, Jenny looks thrilled. Vanessa seems impressed. Even Nate gives her uh, his sly little grin there. It's just a great moment. And I just love seeing uh, our little Jay happy. And you want to think that like this was so amazing, like what she pulled off here, that it would completely change her dad's mind. That's oh, not yes, what happens. But... Then she makes a very questionable decision here and kisses Nate in front of everyone. Again, she gets like swept up in the moment. Literally never works out. And now her good friend Vanessa sees the kiss and storms off. Um, yeah, but does she really have know. any reason to, like, should she be this mad? Like, you know, she was the one that, that kind of told Nate to fuck off. But yeah, exactly. So, Bre- Brendan, are you team Vanessa or team Jenny here? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, Jenny is one of our favorite characters, and Vanessa is one of our least favorite characters. So, it's, uh, so needless to say. Easy answer for me, uh, being Gia, Jenny here. You, but. you don't. Yeah, you don't have all of the context, but I, I mean, I guess assuming based, we haven't seen much of Vanessa. I'm assuming you were also rooting more for Jenny than Vanessa here to win over the heart of Nate. Oh, absolutely. I feel like it was just a very weird pairing when yeah. when we started with like Vanessa just coming out of nowhere and then having all these opinions of Nate. And I get I don't, you're right, I don't have the full context, but yeah, team Jenny all the way. Yeah, I mean, they're broken up, and I get it. You don't want, like, one of your good friends kind of uh, hooking up with the guy you just broke up with, but... Uh, right, we have no reason to be mad. 
yeah, listen, <laughs> Jenny's not perfect, and ne- neither is Nate. But yeah. so we're now uh, post post ceremony here, and so. Brandon, last week we had the question of, is Agnes, like, genuinely trying to help Jenny, or is she trying to sabotage her and cause chaos? After this episode, uh, what do you think about Agnes? Seems like she's actually a good friend. She's, like, a chaotic friend, but a good chaotic friend who's trying to start something big here, and is, if anything, is going to maybe save Jenny's career. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, like, Agnes was the one that pushed her into quitting anyway, which didn't seem like a good idea, but once Jenny did quit, I mean, Agnes had knew what to do from there yeah so I, she's I got the like connections it, she's uh, good yeah, at what she does she's got her model friends it seems like she actually wants to help jenny make a name for herself so uh good for her even it's not the way i would have gone about it but uh agnes uh definitely knocked this one out of the park here as uh rufus and dan though both wallowing in jenny's success like again i've had yeah. enough of these humphrey men i know at least dan seems to have seen it for what it is and like you know what jenny shot her shot and she did it like i should start doing that too like he's kind of taking a a note from this if anything yeah yeah dan's gonna learn something from this yeah. at the very least but they're both just wallowing in jenny's continued success <laughs> um blair chuck and emma are debriefing in the limo here and blair you know gives little emma pep talk tells her you know this is not how you wanted to lose your virginity anyway and then after she kind of gets out of the limo we get the reveal that the gossip girl blessed was fake blair tells chuck uh, Chuck, sorry. She knows that it wasn't easy to get Gossip Girl to post the bogus report, so thank you. And this must mean that Chuck and Gossip Girl are, like, really close if he can get her to do this. I really right. want to see more of this Chuck-Gossip Girl relationship. Which I'm sure is having people wonder if he might be her, be Gossip Girl, uh, but again. Right, 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 right. Not that we care too much, but uh, definitely points to him a little bit. Yeah, like, otherwise he's like, hey, hey, Gossip Girl, it's me, Chuck, again. Uh, uh, can you just post this bogus report for me like, and <laughs> yeah. sabotage your credibility. Also, yeah. it's going to be a young... I know this is not the uh, crowd that you usually follow, but it's going to be about a 15-year-old uh, named Muffy and just write about her Muff Just say stuff. this. Like, yeah. <laughs> he probably wrote that line, too. I drafted it out for you. He here. definitely just did. This. Yeah, that is... I can just imagine him having this like very cocky grin as he's texting. Yeah. Like, just hear me out <laughs> yeah. now. Muffy's Muff gets stuffed. Like maybe maybe the no, line no. was so good, like Gossip Girl couldn't pass it up. Like yep. Gossip Girl said, "I don't care if this That's is fair. true. I need to use this gold." That's got to be what happened. <laughs> so, uh, kind of a sweet Blair Chuck moment as they end the episode on a good note. Yeah, they do. It's nice, and she has yeah, nice things to say about him afterwards, Tim. Yeah, she says thank you, and he says, "You know, for you, anything." And. uh that's how they'll end up here. Very nice episode for the two of them. Little Emma still upset. Uh, Blair's going to amp up the pep talk now. And she does right by Emma. She tells her that the first time should be with someone you love, even admits that her first time was with someone she loved, a.k.a. Chuck, and uh, which is nice to hear. And also she throws in uh, Muffy, the L- Muffy the lacrosse toot, which uh, nice. that was pretty. I thought that might have been another joke of the episode contender for you. Another Brandon. contender for sure. Also, have you ever gotten this um, talk before from someone about uh, how your first time should be with someone you love? Either no, of you. Who's, who's telling me that? Who, who's telling well, me that? You know, I don't know. Who, maybe I'll cut this, but Will, Will Simons has had that talk with me and Dan Van Florek before in his car. <laughs> <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. Da- Papa Will? Papa Will. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Yeah, I just went to Will's wedding, and uh, during like one of the speeches, someone was like, you know, when we all met Will, everyone called him dad because he was the dad figure for everyone. I think this is really just going back to that. He's it's telling true. Every, giving everyone yeah, the talk. He really though, is. He, even though he's our age. And just so we know, like, for everyone who was following Will Simon's love life on this, this show, uh, he did not get married to that person he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, what a hypocrite. Sorry to Will if you're, if you're listening to <laughs> What a hypocrite. <laughs> 
so um Blair, you know, also going to relate to Emma here. You know, she says, you know, I wrote the book on distracted self-centered mothers, so she knows something about this as well. And again, I keep saying it, but little Emma really just young Blair here, which is why Blair serving as her mentor in this episode is so perfect. And, you know, Blair goes into all the reasons how her mom was never there for her. And I got to say, you know, maybe I was just overly emotional yesterday, but I was tearing up because this Blair stuff always... This Blair stuff always makes me so sad for her. And then it got even more when, you know, when Emma says, but you're perfect. Which, because Aww. Blair is perfect. So and then she Emma knows it, too. That. It's so funny. She's like, and, I am. You're right. <laughs> yeah, Blair just responds with, true. But that's how I know it's not about me. Like, <laughs> not thank you or anything, but she does just say true. true. She acknowledges, yes, you're speaking the truth. Another scene I really appreciated. Um, you know, Blair has finally realized it's not about her, just like Emma's situation isn't about Emma. You know, it's just one girl with mommy issues talking to another younger girl with mommy issues. And I love that they bond over this and they end on good yes, terms beautiful. and they put their arms around each other and walk off. Pretty iconic. Very good. I, I hope they stay friends. I hope so, too. Um, so Dan finally answers his call from Jordan. Turns out it was bad news as the professors were all probably like, why are these kids' stories all about this Serena girl? Or um, maybe like, yeah, you didn't get in because you, you didn't answer the, all those messages. <laughs> I, I'm just seeing like all three professors just kind of like drinking their whiskey at 10 a.m., yeah. speaking in their cliches, complaining that Dan is, keeps writing about this same girl in every story. <laughs> <laughs> and so Serena now finds Dan, tells him that Jenny will be fine because everyone was relieved that something exciting actually happened. And this is when it hits Dan that, of course, Jenny will be okay because she actually, you know, she does shit to get what she wants. Unlike, you know, loser Dan here, who I, I feel like Dan might be more mad at himself here than he is at Jenny at this point. I think he is. I think he respects her for what she does yeah i mean dan's gonna wonder if he if she's the one with all the guts in the family and you know if we're talking dan rufus jenny like let's draw the pie chart here would you say that jenny has like what 95 percent of the humphrey guts i'd say it's maybe even more <laughs> dan's got maybe like three percent yeah, rufus has one he's got yeah just the one <laughs> i'll give jenny 96 percent yeah of i think the humphrey that's fair guts. <laughs> a 96-3 one split because rufus <laughs> yeah Rufus, it took him 12 years to write a song. It took him a season and a half just to, like, leave Lily a voicemail. Yep. By the time that happened, she was married already. Yeah, it's really so. pretty embarrassing, actually. Yeah, Rufus really has no guts here. And Rufus, this pep talk that he gives to Dan is, is so stupid. Yeah, yeah we'll get to that. Yeah. But, uh, first, Blair and Emma come home, and uh, Mom's home already, even though she had her wild night out. But she is pissed. She sends Emma off to bed. Uh, she's obviously, you know, tells Blair that she's not yell material, and... Apparently, this is how Yale makes all their admission decisions. They either need to answer riddles from the dean or succeed in babysitting. <laughs> That's the only way. Yale's a, Yale's a crazy place, if we believe Gossip Girl. It is wacky. I don't understand it. Is this the scene where um, Blair's laying down and she's like, I can't go to Princeton. It's a trade school. No, no, no. That's, oh, okay. this is, that's later with Serena. But here, Blair is ready to uh, blackmail the shit out of this lady when Emma comes okay. in to defend her. And this asshole mom has the audacity to say, you're lecturing me? No wonder I don't want to spend time with you. Bed, now. Wow. <laughs> I, bed hate her. Now. I, I hate does her. I hate her. Does this woman ever come up again? Like, does she does she ever get her comeuppance? Because what the hell? I don't know. I hope I, she's a one I and done. So. Yeah, I, I hope if she does come back, she it is to get her Yes, if anything. This really is the show of terrible parents, and she is already first ballot Hall of Famer here. Oh my god, this this, she uh, might be the the number one worst parent on the show so far. Like what she says to her kid and about her kid is like, oh my my god, no wonder I don't like spending time with you. (laughs) 
Yeah, and poor <laughs> Emma tried. Poor Emma tried to save Blair here. And now Blair switches tactics. You know, she sees the hurt in little Emma's eyes. She probably sees herself in Emma. She maybe feels like blackmailing her might make the situation worse at this point. And right. instead just hits her with, your daughter is a great girl. You should pay more attention to her. Soon it'll be too late. And turns and leaves without blackmailing. And I'm sorry, but mm. I'm tearing up again. I love Blair sticking up for her. I wish she uh, still blackmailed this asshole, though. But I, I just love yeah. her making sure she sticks up for Emma above all. Amazing. She honestly, was able to take the high road. Honestly, I feel like maybe blackmail could have helped the situation. Because like yeah. nothing else was clearly getting to this woman. So I don't know. It, it could have been worth a shot. Yeah, she should have showed her the picture and been like, listen. I'm going to tell Malchus about this if you don't, like, hug your uh -huh. daughter once a day. Hug your daughter and tell her <laughs> yeah, she's well, let's great. Let's get this contract going. Spend time you get one with your child or Malchus will find out the truth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, she still has it in her back pocket if she, if she needs it at this point. If she doesn't get into Yale, she can always right. throw, it at, throw it at her, you know. Yeah. But it works out. But um, so Jenny's now trying to find Vanessa. But Rufus finds her and grabs her and starts to lecture her. You know, I hope you're proud of yourself. But uh, guess what, Rufus? She is proud I of am. herself because this worked. Everyone fucking loves Jenny and her designs now. So I, I guess if Rufus isn't going to be proud of her, I'll just have to be proud of enough for the two of us. And I know, you know, we, we can all be proud of Jenny, even if Rufus can, uh, can't get there for some reason. Yeah, everybody else is, including the person who uh, the party was about. She comes over and says, like, hey, like, it was great. Like, I, I don't care. If, if I don't care, you shouldn't fucking care, so exactly and so she had a uh, time and that's what matters exactly now now gia jenny is a pretty polarizing character as well so based on this one episode are you pro jenny or anti jenny um i'm pro i'm pro jenny this episode she seems like i mean it's a little weird that she's worried about her career at this age but also <laughs> you know like she she has some ambition she wants to try something different i do agree she has all the guts in the humphrey family or at least like 90 percent of them Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. No, we're upping it again she's up to 97 now i know like i don't know every the more we talk about it the more i'm like what did these men do during this episode besides complain about everything they compla complained and then complained more about other people doing things that weren't complaining yeah and while, Je while jenny is putting on fashion shows and everything well, yeah. yeah so i like it i i have seen some clips or some things about like what happens to jenny in later seasons so i'm mm -hmm. not i wouldn't be shocked if my opinion changed in the long run but i like jenny this episode that's good, good. this is a very pro jenny podcast i will defend jenny to okay, the death good. no matter what she does so um it'll be a fun it'll be a fun uh you know in future seasons if she continues to go off the rails yeah, but we'll uh Rufus tells her he's never been more disappointed in her, which I don't even think is true. Like, he was way yeah, more disappointed. Like we've we've when heard he, this from you before, buddy. He was way more disappointed when she stopped going to school. Like, this is not yeah, even... that was an actual not, bad thing. Just, like, this is like, she's doing not, something super ambitious and awesome. So, I, I, I don't know yeah. what you're so disappointed about. It's, maybe he's disappointed about yeah. her recklessness, maybe? I, I, I guess. Well, yeah. This is when Lily comes over, and Jenny does agree. She's like, I do deserve, I, mean, I do need right. to give Lily an apology. And she does apologize to Lily and actually means it. Like, she's not just saying mm -hmm. it because she's being forced to. And Lily has enough sense to say, Oh, no, don't worry. The night was amazing. So, uh, good for Jenny because her one worry was doing this to Lily, who's been nothing but good to her. But Lily actually loved it. And uh, even the Lily seal of approval, though, isn't enough to stop Rufus from yelling at her. And again, I I'm saying this every week at this point, but no wonder Jenny rebels. No wonder Jenny acts out. Rufus is such an asshole when he gets in this mode. And we, we keep saying it. What is Rufus even upset about here? Yes, Jenny broke rules. But what's the problem? Why is he this upset? At what? Point point to me what is worth getting this upset over. Right. What did he ruin? Wait, what did she ruin? Like, what, what uh, went wrong? 
you know, like, Not, but yeah. Also, I feel like if your daughter's going to be a high school dropout, like they should be doing something with their time that is worth like shouldn't be just sitting on the couch not doing anything like she's actually trying to make something of right. herself since she has decided not to go to high school. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what is he really like? She's at least she's doing something. Yeah. And again, she didn't screw over anyone or hurt anyone. He acts like she like deeply, deeply hurt this family or something right yeah, exactly but lily doesn't care no one cares everyone had the time of their lives she is succeeding you know in everything that she does brendan i mean you love law and order and even you can't get behind this <laughs> it is my favorite show <laughs> i can't, I can't deny. <laughs> um so J jenny's right like she says what's done is done like there's nothing she can do about it now so that, i think that just makes rufus even more mad because she's right that like okay well yeah, it's yeah. over now so like what's the point of you yelling at me so rufus flags over a cop she's and scrambles on jenny like not only is rufus not saying a cab here but he is involving the police in this for some reason and snitching on his own daughter what a psycho it's i thought him I thought that Rufus trying to get Jenny fired from her job a few weeks ago was the craziest parent move he's done, but I think this one takes the cake now. This, this is so insane. I think it, it's, it shows how insane it is once the cop's like, all right, we'll take you in, we'll call your parents. And she's like, this is my parent. This is, this is my this parent. Is the one turning me in. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and thank God Lily steps like, in. Right before this, when Lily was like sticking up for Jenny and she saw like that was the wrong answer that Rufus didn't want to hear. She's yeah. like, you know, I'll let you two handle this. But now she sees the officer getting involved and she like, comes back okay. and tells she tells the officer like she's like, this is my event. It's for me and my husband. This is my husband owes this ho owns this hotel. Neither of us are pressing charges. So there's nothing to do. And I love that. Like, I love this move from Lily because not only does it save Jenny from an annoying night in jail or whatever, yep. but it makes Rufus look like a total so stupid. Yeah. And also, what would the charges have been if there were charges? Um, trespassing, maybe. OK, uh, sure. General disturbance. I don't know laws. Yeah. I don't know. Very boring. <laughs> um, yeah. So Lily does this. Rufus tries to like reason with her or something. And he's like, Lily. First, he says, Lily, this is none of your business, which is wrong. Because again, yeah. like she just explained how this kind is of, her kind business. of directly like, involved. She, she's like, Rufus, I'm the one who has to press charges. Like this is the definition of my business. He's like, <laughs> please just let my daughter go to jail. What? Come on. <laughs> Lily holds strong. She says she's saving him from making a terrible mistake. And. Uh, Jenny's done at this point. She decides to go home, and you know, I, I don't know. I hope you're happy, Rufus, because I don't know what you got out of this. Yeah, I don't know. Good, good for her for just walking off. <laughs> um, Nate is unpacking. He's back at his abandoned home. Chuck walks in, sees the situation with Nate's, uh, Nate's house, and uh, Nate and Chuck haven't really made up as friends yet. So a little surprising that Chuck does show up here, but I'm surprised they didn't make up here because now if Nate's lost Dan as a friend, he kind of needs Chuck now. Uh, yeah, before we get this conversation, I thought this would be the turn where he kind of goes back to Chuck. Yeah. But, he's all alone so Nate's still. Gonna, Nate's going to go live with his mom, which I guess he's not going to go to school anymore because he's got to go live on Long Island. Right. Uh, but Chuck tells him not to be so dramatic. He's going to live with him. You know, they could have their slumber parties in the hotel again. But I, And I love the instinct from Chuck to, again, take care of his friend. But I guess Nate still isn't ready to bury the hatchet here. So uh, now it feels like Dan, Nate, and Chuck all don't have any friends. So Yeah, they're all back to zero. Um, yeah, they're all, all this. yeah no, they're all fighting with each other none of them have any friends uh and so and, that's that's that for now i guess chuck's and we'll spoiler for the next 10 minutes of this episode but chuck's probably gonna hate him uh even more uh dan that is after uh 
what he decides to do. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so Serena's trying to cheer up Blair. This is when this is when she tells her, you know, you can still go to Princeton. And Blair has gotten even more yes. elitist since the Yale episode because before she was saying that the only Ivies are the Holy Trinity, Harvard, Yale, and Princeton. Mm. But now she's saying that Princeton is a <laughs> trade school enough. and that there's only Yale. Like, that's it. It's <laughs> Yale. She makes it sound like Princeton only teaches you how to like fix air conditioners. <laughs> <laughs> Princeton, you mean that air conditioning school in New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> I will not be going to Princeton. So. <laughs> Serena tells her uh, that she didn't go through with the blackmail, so uh, she might not go to Yale, but at least she won't go to hell. And I don't know. If Yale was my dream school, I think I'd make the compromise. Go to Yale, but also go to hell. Might be worth it. It might be. Could be. Yeah, has, so. has Blair tried selling her soul to some devil or some type mm. of demonic creature to go to Yale? She has not yet. She has not, because it really feels yet. like she could be trying a little harder. Yeah, and, yeah and she knows true. the devil personally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finally, some truth in advertising. Yeah, she she really could just uh, just do something there, pull some strings with the devil himself to make this happen. So maybe that's next week's episode. Um, Serena answers Blair's phone here, and it is Dean Baruby himself. So also Serena has a visitor, fucking Aaron and his stupid scarfer back. Yeah, um, Serena understandably doesn't want to date someone who has 15 girlfriends already. And this guy, they, Jesus, this is the resolution we get from this story. This guy is stammering over his words with his monotone. <laughs> and finally, the explanation he gives is, listen, listen, I could easily explain the Tamara situation easily. Like, of course it makes so much sense yeah, in the yeah. world, but the fact of the matter is we don't need to do that here. Either you feel something for me or you don't. And if, listen, if you want an excuse not to give this a shot, then that's fine. That's uh, if, on you. if you want the excuse, that was the balls <laughs> you had kidding? to say that. Are you kidding me? Not only does he not offer an explanation about who all these girls are, but he completely puts it on Serena and then just, again, relies on the nostalgia by bringing up the camp stuff again. He's like, I don't know about you, but I brought out my camp stuff. I, it, I was yeah. That, like, like, if, if you don't want to date me because I'm dating other like 15 other girls, then that's kind of on that's you. That's on you. Yeah. Don't make this about me. Like, there's a million reasons in the world to not do something. But <laughs> if you feel something for me, I think we should explore this. Like, are you kidding me? If you want to be number 16, then <laughs> by all means. <laughs> I feel like he got his advice from Chuck, honestly, because yeah. it made about the same amount of sense. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. He, we got no explanation through who these girls were. Yeah. And then, he, oh, my God. I cannot believe that Serena feels anything but rage and, like, maybe boredom every time she sees this loser. He just manipulated the shit out of her, and Serena foolishly fell for she it. She loves fuck, it every fuck second Aaron of it. Here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Blair, Blair runs in super excited, though. Little Emma told the dean that Blair Waldorf is the one person, dead or alive, that she'd like to have dinner with. Um, Gia, this is the big question that the dean asks to uh, determine who gets into Yale. If they, if they get the question right, they, they get a free pass to Yale. So, uh, <laughs> First of all, I, I audibly said awe when this happened. When Aww. we find out that, that Blair made such an impact on Emma that that's what she told the dean. And then secondly, Blair Waldorf, great answer for this. I I'm still going to stick with Elle Woods, but Blair Waldorf is a good second option for that. Um, oh, very much so. And then we, we know your pick already. Gia, do you have a do you have an answer for who you'd want to have dinner with, dead or alive, real or fictional? Oh, God. This is... That's hard. I'm All right. Well, any, what was that? I was just going to say, if you can't think of anything, that's fine. We could, we could come no, back to it. But... No, I'll definitely... I have someone. I have, I have, I have a couple people in mind. Um... I'll say in terms of like old movies and stuff like that in the spirit of Blair Waldorf, like Marilyn Monroe. Oh, Ooh, cool. okay. Yeah. Yes, that'd be good. Um, I love her movies, so I think it'd be great to get to know her as yeah. a person. Yeah, that would be, be a very exciting dinner. Um, 
So this one statement is obviously enough to get the dean to say that, uh, you know, Yale could really use a girl like Blair. You know, if this 15-year-old Emma wants to have dinner with her, then I guess Blair should come to Yale University. Um, this, the dean's a clown, and the Yale admission process <laughs> is a joke, but I'm very happy for Blair. <laughs> yeah, Dean is a moron. <laughs> so uh, Jenny's all over the papers. The Humphrey men are still wallowing during breakfast. Jenny's success continues to be their failure for some reason. Yeah. But Anne hit up his old buddy Noah Shapiro again, and... Uh, Dan did take a lesson from Jenny. I think he kind of took the wrong lesson, though, because uh, Jenny's fashion show has inspired him to write the Chuck Bass story, and he wants to do what he needs to do, which is good. But like we were saying, Jenny's stunt didn't actually hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. It was yep. a victimless crime. Like, Dan writing this story about Chuck is going It'll to, Directly like, affect him. Directly affect Chuck, like, out all of Chuck's, like, deepest insecurities here, uh, reveal some stuff that, you know, Chuck... He was telling Dan in confidence about like not having him turn around and write a story. He made the right move, not wanting to do this. I, I mean, what it comes down to is that Dan just needs to write better stories. Like that's what he keeps saying. Yeah. If he wants to, if he It'd also wants better. to get into Yale as a as a fiction writer, he should write better stories. But now he's like, well, it's like yeah, Jenny turned her back on everyone, and look, she's getting success. But who did Jenny turn her back on? The only, she didn't do anything. I know it's it's so stupid. Like the way they talk about her and like this the stupid advice of like. You know, don't take. He's essentially saying that to not take your opportunities while you have them. Wait till you're old, and then it's, the success is <laughs> yes. worth it. Yeah, Rufus is like, oh man, I gotta worry about you now, Dan. Too. Rufus can't get through to any of his kids anymore. He's really uh, feeling like a failure yeah. as a parent. I was successful and... when I was young, and now I don't like who I am anymore. I'm like that—that <laughs> seems like a personal thing. I don't know if that's a universal <laughs> issue. Yeah, so now Rufus goes to Jenny's room, and it appears that Jenny has also moved out. Where where did she go, and how did no one notice that I she just know. left with all her stuff? I don't know if she knows where she's going yet. He continues to show some excellent parenting skills. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> great, great episode for Rufus here. That was kind yeah, of a funny bomb we... to drop. Like, you might want to check uh, Jenny's room, by the way. Yeah. Was Dan going to tell him or just like, <laughs> <laughs> he just waited for it to come up. He was yeah. like, yeah, I, I think you got bigger things to worry about here. <laughs> so we get montage time here where uh, we see Serena and Blair giggling in bed. Poor Nate with his mm. uh, bag sending Jenny I bet you love that something. Scene. Yeah, of course. That's of course. Any uh, Serena and Blair scene, like they're obviously in love with each other. Further yes. proof. Um, Nate is sending Jenny Humphrey something in the mail. I don't. I guess I don't know why he can't just like text her or whatever. I don't know what this is, but okay. Uh, Dan also using mail and sending Noah his story. I don't. <laughs> Lots of mail scenes. Uh, yeah, it's a big, a big uh, episode Rufus. for USPS. <laughs> yeah, good for them. Maybe they sponsored this episode. Vitamin <laughs> water took the week off. <laughs> no, I think I saw vitamin <laughs> water in this episode too. Actually. <laughs> Uh, Rufus looked confused and worried, and uh, punk rock star Jenny here just walking the streets. Uh, now that Nate and Jenny are both kind of homeless, like maybe I don't know, maybe they should just move in together somehow. This this scene of uh, Jenny reminds me very much of the Boulevard of Broken Dreams video. <laughs> yes, big vibes of that. I thought we were getting that uh, that record start playing. <laughs> it should have. <laughs> so that's the end of our episode, Brendan. What's going to happen next with uh, I guess with the with the big uh, you know cliffhangers we got here what's going on with jenny got running away from home what's going on with nate leaving home and what's going on with dan writing his uh stupid chuck story i well first we'll start with that one first i don't think anything's going to happen with dan's chuck story because I, I i don't have faith in his writing skills even if it is an interesting story um because <laughs> I, I think he, he kind of severed ties with uh what was that guy's name again Noah Shapiro. Noah Shapiro. I don't think he likes uh, Dan at all, so I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> he's going to get gonna that, that package, and he's going to be like, like Dan, fuck you. Yeah, it's thrown <laughs> right out. in the trash. Um, and then Jenny, maybe she's going to go find Nate 
and maybe they'll live together. She doesn't have to go to school anyway, so let's go live in the Hamptons together. <laughs> It'll be Jenny, Nate, and Nate's mom. <laughs> yeah, why not? All right, uh, Gia, you haven't seen any episodes in the future, so do you have any uh, predictions as well? Um, I I have no idea what to expect. I'm sure this is the starting of a new chapter in Jenny's life since she kind of did what she wanted to do with the fashion show and is presumably moving out of the Humphrey household, which honestly, good for her. Oh, and, yeah. you know, like, I support it. I support some truancy in here. And um, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I feel like this was... Uh, is, am I crazy or did it not really have any information or, like, any hint about what's next for Sierra, uh, Serena and Blair? Yeah, not much oh, yeah, for me. Not really. Yeah. It, it seems yeah, like they kind of wrapped up that storyline where it seems like uh, Blair is on track to get into Yale now. Yes, and Serena's freed from the shackles of whatever the hell Aaron was selling. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not really sure what to expect. Uh, I feel like the the Chuck Bass story thing, maybe that'll be, like, kind of uh, opportunity for Dan to test his morals and because it's a CW show, he ends up choosing, like, the right path at the very end after he's, I don't know, maybe even lost more friends. So we'll see what happens with all that. Yeah. All right. Was this one episode of Gossip Girl enough to maybe make you want to watch future episodes of Gossip Girl? I feel like I'm not against it. I It takes a lot for me to really be into CW shows. They're, okay, that's they're fair. an acquired taste, but I definitely wouldn't be against it. I did like the episode that I watched. All right. A ringing endorsement. All right. So now let's get into some segments. We'll start with my favorite segment, of course, user review of the week. Before we and do that, Brendan, I just I'm to very okay. All right, my coffee we, we now have the burst. We now have a peeper. You know, this that's on you, Brendan. All right, so with Brendan back here, let's get into the user review of the week. And Brendan, before you stormed off, um, I was gonna say I, there's been a couple weeks where we only were getting one review um, a week, but okay. we had all of the All Stars came. Oh back. yeah, we had. Comedy fan was back. Raven Glam DVD collector was back. Oh, Martha man. Wilcox Thank was back. God Everyone had stuff to say about this episode. I did not. She, she, I told you I have enough. a new favorite. I told you I have a new favorite in my heart. It is Raven Glam DVD collector. All right, that, that's I have definitely to imagine, the best name. I, yeah, I have to imagine is just this seventy-year-old man watching these DVDs and just falling in love with the women of Gossip Girl. Cause that's just, so, <laughs> and you can identify with that too because you are a famous DVD collector as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I used to be at least. Yeah. Um, so the user review of the week, he gives this episode an 8 out of 10, titled Stella Maeve, who is the act, the young actress who played uh, Emma in this episode. So Raven Glam DVD collector says, Would just like to say that I at first thought Stella Maeve must be Leighton Meester's little sister, especially in their first scene together. As the story progresses, I saw similarities between her and Jennifer Love Hewitt in Party of Five. <laughs> Not the character, mind. Those days were innocent, weren't they? <laughs> Lovely guest stars, Michelle Trachtenberg last season, now Willa Holland and Stella Maeve. I know I'm watching more than a decade late, but I'm real fortunate to still have this viewing pleasure ahead of me. Yeah, nowadays too many vampires and superpowers, but this show is wonderful. <laughs> what, what, did he have uh, an Irish accent? I don't know what accent that bit. was, but I imagine I imagine that's how he sounds when he's when he's writing these reviews. <laughs> okay. Always commenting on how he's uh, watching, how he's late to the how he's Johnny come lately watching these <laughs> episodes on DVD. Um, next week, the episode is titled Bonfire of the Vanity. Based on that episode title, Brendan, do you have any predictions? Well, as we know, the episode titles mean nothing anymore, so <laughs> I, I got nothing for that. So, no. All right. The little blurb says that uh, next week we can look forward to Jenny moves in with Agnes. Oh, there we go. spoilers. 
So that'll be fun. Well, I, I'm sure it happens in like the first two minutes of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So let's get into episode grades. Um, and then you went first last week. So I will go first oh, this week. And I got to say, mostly a great episode. I love Blair. And we have a great Blair story that comes complete with a mini Blair, who I, of course, also love. And, you know, they start off rivals and end up friends. And the story, you know, to me, had such a satisfying ending. So very fun all around there. Uh, Jenny's fashion show plotline, also incredible. I always love watching Jenny succeed. And this was, you know, very compelling, very fun. The only thing I hated was stupid Aaron all episode and then stupid Serena falling for his bullshit. I hate it so much. But is that enough to keep this episode from being a perfect A for me? Wow. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. As yeah, a matter gonna... of fact, um, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to give any episode an A that Aaron fucking roses in. Yeah, so um, I will give this an A minus. I think the other okay. two stories were uh, pretty perfect for me, but this is enough to drag it down for me. So A minus there. Um, Brendan, what are you giving this one? I wasn't nearly as high on this one as you were. Uh, I just feel like the writing was very lazy as we had been talking about and there's a lot of mostly the Aaron story was was lazy and confusing and didn't make any sense um but there's just a lot of things throughout this episode that just i feel like didn't need to happen or were confusing or just to kind of fell off for me and uh it also wasn't like the, the most hysterical episode of gossip girl there and of course it's not a comedy but i do love when they can insert some some jokes here there was however one of the highest highs of all time in the series being the <laughs> Um, Muffy's Muff gets stuffed joke. So that, that gets it uh, an, a little bonus point for me. So I think that alone takes it all the way down from a, from a B minus where it was because of Aaron up to a B for, uh, for that joke alone. Okay. So yes, definitely lower than me, but still a respectable grade yeah. here. Uh, Gia, are you more in agreement with me or Brendan or maybe, maybe you hated it even more than Brendan did. No, I did like it. I think it was a good episode to start my Gossip Girl journey. I think it was a fun one to message you about, but like, what am I watching? <laughs> um, it had a lot of moments that made me laugh, even if I don't think that was the writer's intention, but <laughs> right. I still laughed by it. So I think it was enjoyable. Do I think it was the most compelling hour of television? Um, no, but... I did I did enjoy what I was watching and I it, it made me curious about what what a top tier gossip girl episode would be like. So I don't know I don't know if this would be my favorite if I watched the whole series, but it definitely had a lot of things that I liked. So I'll go in between both of you and give it a B plus. Cool. All right. Then now we are all connected. One one uh grade apart from each other. <laughs> so um, let's get into the MVPs of the episode. Uh, for me, plenty of MVP options in this episode. I, I feel like, uh, with the Jenny story, you know, Jenny, Agnes, and even, uh, you know, Big Stu, Stuart deserves some love there for making oh, yeah. that whole thing happen. And then everyone on the, you know, on the <laughs> Blair Stewart. truck and Emma side of things could get one as well. Like, uh, Blair and Emma obviously are doing great things. Chuck with the, uh, with the gossip girl, the fake gossip girl blast that saved the day. And then there's also Lily for being the cool mom mm -hmm. and the only parent who has any sense in this whole damn show. So, um, but I'm ultimately going to have to go with little Emma Boardman. She is basically just a mini Blair. And even though we just met her, it feels like we know so much about her. Uh, you know, she goes toe to toe with Blair, even though she's only 15, she's responsible for a lot of the fun in this episode. Uh, she ultimately doesn't go through with getting deflowered by the diverginator <laughs> or the desurginator for that matter. And she has, that uh, great heart to heart at the end of the episode um with blair um and also she pretty much gets blair into yale like we're led to believe so uh plus 
I feel like there won't be many chances to reward little Emma, so I'm going to take advantage of there that now go. and give her the MVP. Uh, Brendan, where do you want to give your MVP? All right. Well, like you said, there are definitely a few good options here. Um, one of them that stands out to me most being um, Jenny here, little Jay. She, I'm not going to give it to her, but honorable mention uh-huh. her having the maybe yeah. like the night of her life that kind of could set up the rest of her career. So a huge swing, and we we always love to see uh, passion and aspiration like, like this is incredible for such a young girl to have such big dreams and be acting on them like this uh but uh she did piss a lot of people off for whatever reason even if they were stupid reasons um someone who takes the cake for me is just the woman who sweeps me off my feet every time she comes on screen <laughs> lily vanderwoodson lily saves her from going to jail and is just that's true floored by uh all of uh, jenny's talent and is just an absolute all-star whenever she does speak in this episode and is drop dead gorgeous while doing it. So, Lily, you're my you're you're my woman. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to go with Lily <laughs> there. Uh, Gia, who is your MVP of the episode? I will agree with both of you. I think those were both really good options, and I thought about them for a bit. Um, I will go with Jenny because I think Yay. she really was the star of this episode. You know, like she her storyline was really interesting. She did have you know she was worried about hurting some people that were always really kind to her, but I don't think that, you know, I think she ended up making the right choice and she did uh, own up and apologize for any hurt she might have caused, which she didn't end up actually doing. And she pissed off all of the annoying characters. So I feel like I have (laughs) to give the award for that. Like if the only thing that could have made it better is that she somehow was able to also piss off Aaron. Oh, that, oh my God, that would have been great. Would have been clean sweep if she was able to do that. I'm glad if we weren't going to give her one, I'm glad somebody did so. Yes, I'm glad Jenny ends up with an MVP here. Three very deserving MVP awards went out. And now let's give an LVP. So uh, plenty of LVP candidates in this episode as well, I think. Like I've been saying, I can't stand either of the Humphrey men. Uh, Really can't stand Aaron or Serena, for that matter, listening to Aaron. Uh, Serge, obviously a creep. Uh, Mommy Boardman, obviously another member in the shitty parents. So many bad people in this episode. Wow. Yeah. So I was all set to give it to Aaron just because I hate him so much. But then Rufus snitched on his own daughter and tried to put yeah, her in jail. So I, I'm sorry. I can't let him get away with that. I'm giving Rufus the LVP. Yeah, I, I was going to also do the same thing until he <laughs> tried to put her away behind bars. And I, I want to try and give it to somebody different than you. But he's so bad that I we need to double up on this. Okay, wow. All right. Uh, Gia, what do you think? I Okay, and I do think trying to put your daughter away for jail for doing nothing is very bad. <laughs> but Aaron was just so annoying throughout this episode. And honestly, I'm still mad about the black licorice thing. I can't uh, okay. unforgivable. And I can't believe that worked on Serena. So I will give it to Aaron as there we the go. brave one. Wow, we're, we're doing good work here. That- yeah, great, great teamwork here as Aaron's still able to get an LVP. Yeah. Uh, so some great MVPs and LVPs given out. Now, without further ado, let's get into some Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. And this scene that we will be doing is the scene that I flagged up as maybe one of my favorites of the episode. So lucky me that we get to do this one with... uh, Blair and Chuck using Gossip Girl to try to convince Emma not to uh, not to get deflowered here. So um, I'm usually Blair, so I feel like I could still be Blair unless anyone else wants her. No. And Brendan, I feel like you're usually Chuck. I got, I got you the still Chuck voice down. Chuck? Yeah, sure. All right. So Gia, would you like to be Emma Boardman in this in this scene, or would you like to take someone no. else's character? I am be honored to get the. 
line of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. I believe I have the first line here, so I will start it off. And let me just get into character here. All right. <laughs> Emma, open up. Emma, I know you're in there. Go away. Serge is in the bathroom, and when he gets out, there's going to be one less virgin around here. You do have to admire her determination. I'm not going to get let. I'm not letting Muffy lose hers before me. She beats me in everything. Tell her to check Gossip Girl. Emma, do you have your phone? Check Gossip Girl. It's important. Look, I already told you nothing's going to. What? It says Muffy's muff gets. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'll do that. It says. Oh my god. That's so good. Yeah, how did everyone else (laughs) crack up in this scene? There's got to be some bloopers for this. I honestly, I had such a serious face going into it, and I just could not deliver. Redo. Wait, ready? It says Muffy's muff gets stuffed. Does that mean? That little Muffy took her first steps as a woman? Afraid so. She lost her virginity and her Gossip Girl cherry in the same night? But how did she get on Gossip Girl? It pays to have connections. Ah, yes. What a scene. We couldn't even get through the scene without laughing. <laughs> Everyone, the audience is clapping for us. Everyone loved it. Um, so that's it for the segments. We've got nothing else to do here except maybe some plugs. Uh, Gia, once again, thank you so much for coming on. You were a delightful guest. Really, I mean, when you came on, you were one of my three favorite people, and you did not fall out of that. You were still up there among the top of the top. So um, thank you again. Yeah, and is there you, anything... You've entered my top ten. Wow, look at that. Great work being done. Is there anything you would like to plug at this hour? Um, nothing particularly. Um, you know, my Twitter, classically Gia, is where I have all of my reality TV shenanigans going on. So if you liked what you heard, you can follow me on there for more riveting content. And uh, I always plug the Survivor Diversity campaign, which is also a Twitter page at Serve Diversity. And we do a lot of great content on there, myself and a team of Survivor super fans that highlight a lot of the uh, contestants of color and the new diversity initiatives that have happened on CBS uh, since 2020. So if you're a fan of Survivor, I recommend checking that out. Some great oh, work. And of course, uh, I have to I have to also recommend Silent Podcast. I'm doing Survivor 42 coverage and with the lovely Naomi Calhoun and Nicole Horn, we're doing yes. our Top Chef 19 coverage as Woo-hoo. well. Yes, my three favorite people united again. Some great work all around there with everything that you plugged. Uh Brendan, what do you have to plug? Same as usual, um, the Happy Boys listen to our beer podcast. We are coming up on our big 50th episodes here. So if you enjoyed Malt Madness, lots of fun stuff coming up still after that with uh, the 50th episode. And then the best ofs are coming up after that. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but maybe two or three, uh, like a few hour long episodes of us just running down our top 10 favorite episodes. So look look out for all that fun stuff over there. All right. Well, as for me, you can hear me and brendan we were both recently on a shit 90 shows taught me yeah fucking boy meets world two episodes um what were the episodes called the, the one where he goes to uh, where eric goes to a uh, kid gets acquainted with universe i believe that's called eric hollywood and the one where Corey and sean try drinking for the first time which is uh if you can't be with the one you love two very classic episodes that we got to break down yes uh jess and sarah are both very fun very great hosts so that was a lot of fun check that out 
on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. If you are a fan of us or of them or of Boy Meets World, you will not regret it. Also, <laughs> by the time this comes out, Elite Season 5 will have dropped on Netflix. The show that I'm saying is pretty much just a Spanish version of Gossip Girl. Oh, okay. So if you like Gossip Girl, you'll love Elite. Check that out. Um, speaking of shows that you should check out, Brendan, Sex Lies of College Girls, of course, you need to yep, finally watch. Yep, I haven't gotten watch. around to it yet. <laughs> One of these days. One of these days. Uh, besides that, follow me on Twitter, at MattyFresh24. Follow Brendan, at Puppy. You can follow the Hoppy Boys, at the Hoppy Boys Pod. Uh, anything else? That about does it. All right, so... As for our dear, dear listeners of this podcast, you can come back and listen to us next week where we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 10, On Fire of the Vanity. But until then, you know you love us. XOXO. Lonely Lonely boys. boys. All right.